What's up, ghoulish knights? I'm Freddy, one of the spoopy boys. Just wanted to let you guys know before this episode begins that about one hour in, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. If it feels a little bit out of sync, well, it's because it is. But hopefully you guys enjoyed the rest of this episode because I think it was a great conversation and always keeping it spoopy. And you guys, never forget your nightlight. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. And alongside me, we have Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Spoopy always in forever. And, uh, you know, David's still doing finals. Like I said, we are recording this technically a month in advance, and he has one more final left, and he is so dreadfully tired. I tried calling him for five minutes for a conversation today. <laughs> he literally put me off until Tuesday. So... <laughs> Which we record on Wednesday, so literally a whole week from today. Um, so it's completely fine. But that's whole, that's totally fine. We will see him on the next one. But we are still a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. And that's night with a what? Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world, which I believe is all podcast services now, but that's totally fine. But keeping things going with Listener's Choice Month, we, once again, everybody, we released a poll way, 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 way in advance, probably in like August of 2020, um, and thousands of people pretty much voted for this movie. And I'm very excited to actually discuss this movie because within this post, we actually reached out to a few members of friends of mine. And I'm very excited to have one of them on the show because we are going to be talking about Jennifer's body. But we don't want two guys talking about Jennifer's body. We definitely need a female voice in this. So we have the blogging banshee herself, Molly Henry. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for doing this. This is honestly, like I said earlier, within our DMs and stuff like that was like, you are definitely a high profile guest. And I'm not even being like <laughs> modest. Like I'm dead serious. Like I, I think I, I want more of my friends on the show than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes it so more interesting so when much. it's people that you like as well as are interested in talking (laughs) (laughs) right that's completely fair (laughs) completely completely fair but no thank you so much for joining me but yeah like i said earlier everybody we are talking about jennifer's body i am very very excited to jump into this so first and foremost to the both of you thoughts Molly, you go oh, ahead. Let's start, you go first. Let's start with Molly first. Like, what are your thoughts about Jennifer's body? I mean, you're wearing a Jennifer's body shirt. Yeah, I mean, no one can <laughs> see this, but I am wearing the Justice for Jennifer's body shirt. Um, and so clearly I love the film. <laughs> um, and I, I'll be completely honest. When it first came out, I didn't see it until a few years after it came out. Because I was unfortunately one of those people that automatically didn't like Megan Fox. For no reason other than that was 
the thing to do. That was like the cool teenage yeah. girl thing to do was to not like Megan Fox. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then when I actually saw it, I was like, holy shit, this is actually like, it's really funny and sarcastic and clever and gory. And I, it, yeah. it does a really good job of also having the horror aspect while also talking about relationships between female friends, which I feel like is very specific and different than male friendships. <laughs> so I love Probably. that part of it. <laughs> Definitely. Oh man. Freddie, what about you? Um, I gotta say, I haven't seen this movie in such a long time. I probably saw it when it first came out. So back in what this came out, 2009. And yeah. re-watching it, I didn't remember a lot of the scenes, and it's very frightening in moments that like I was like, oh man. I forgot how scary this is, but at the same time, yeah. it has that campiness too, which I really loved because they have that humor and horror com- uh, combination, and it just balances itself really, really, really well. And I got to yeah. hand it to Megan Fox. Uh, I almost wasn't like the same boat. like, oh, it's Megan Fox. She's not that good of an actress, but she kind of kills it in this role, literally kills it in this role. <laughs> and Amanda Seyfried too holds her own. And I got to say, the acting is very on point. And I feel like this movie is very self-aware of itself, too, and knows what it's trying to be. And it comes across uh, as a fun thriller. And I feel like there's some good messages that come out of this, too. And after I saw this movie, started researching, I was like, oh, there's a huge cult following for this movie. Why? Because I see that this is on Rotten Tomatoes, and we'll talk about the Rotten Tomatoes score soon. But I was like, it's very mixed reviews. And I'm really, (laughs) really happy that we're going to break this down and talk about it and see why people love it and why people disregarded this when it first came out and why it's probably yeah. more relevant now. If this came out now, this would be a major hit, I think. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I am such a fan of Jennifer's body. And um, it, the thing is, when this movie came out, because I, I remember seeing this. I, I was in college. I was a freshman in college when this came out. And um, I went the night of to see this on in like September, I want to say. And um, when it went to go check this out, all my friends hated it. They were like, that was so lame and blah, 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 blah. And I think it was the fact that it was a little too funny for them when they expected it to be a little bit more scary. And I, I don't remember the trailers for this. I remember getting pumped up by the trailers, but I don't really remember them that much. So I do have to probably check out the trailer again. And I wonder if it didn't have the comedy as much in the trailer. And I, I, I'm just curious if that, like, kind of deterred some people to go with, uh, oh, this movie shit route. But, I mean, back in the early 2000s or late 2000s, um, we didn't really see comedy and horror mix this much. I feel like we got it a lot in, like, Australia. So we had, we had well, a lot in Australia, actually, with, like, Peter Jackson and um, Taika Waititi in New Zealand and so on and so forth. So I think... That side of the hemisphere, they definitely were hitting more comedic horror stuff than we were. And I just think that's what what didn't vibe with it. But I love this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. I think the the design and uh, costume design, the blood and mm. everything, it's just it works so well in this. And they play very beautifully with their budget, even though they surprisingly had a very large budget. <laughs> but it's such... A beautiful movie to me. I really love Jennifer's body. <laughs> I really like this movie a lot. I like that you even kind of uh, whispered watched... it a little bit at the end there. <laughs> I <Yeah>. really like it. 
it's it's it, it feels a little risque to say that. so i was like <laughs> but I, I i don't know i just love this movie i love this movie but let's jump into it let's go ahead and jump into the plot because i i'm very excited to talk about this but jennifer's body directed by karen kasama which I also believe she was very surprised of the cult following as well because she thought people just globally hated this movie. But hey, I'm glad she, I'm glad she has that following. Released September 18th of 2009, a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes, depending on the version. Uh, I watched the rated R version, so that's the time frame that I had. The unrated version is an hour and 51 minutes or so. Uh, a budget of $16 million and a box office of $31.6 million. So it didn't do great, but... At least they broke past even. And a rating of 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fucking blasphemy. I say Rotten <laughs> yeah. Tomatoes needs to erase it and let's retry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's retry. Because if you check the score on Amazon, it is 4.5 stars. Out yeah. Of That's insane. So it, obviously people love this movie now. but I mean, it honestly you know. it probably sw- at least somewhat has to do with... Rotten Tomatoes changing the rules for who they accept as a critic because people like myself weren't accepted as critics until like just in the recent past couple years. So it was only the big right. name publications. And of course, that's the people that you get that don't actually like horror reviewing horror films, right. <laughs> which never which ends dumb. well. <laughs> so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. But hey, now I'm glad things are changing. Yes. I, I still have yet to get my, my critic approval, but that's fine. I'm still waiting for it, Ron Smith. I'm still waiting. <laughs> well, we open outside, moving towards a dark house where a teenage girl is picking her arm next to a yearbook. Behind the house, swiftly passing up the, uh, their horse. Just a horse. All right. <laughs> we, we, have we, did we see that horse ever again? No, this is it. As they continue to watch TV as they play with their hair in their mouth, showing off a red tinge of stains on, on their teeth moving closer towards the window peeling uh peeking at the you know i wrote that way very strangely <laughs> moving towards the window peeking at the girl as the camera slowly moves upward revealing jennifer on her bed writing in her yearbook looking very sickly another girl needy is watching her from outside her bedroom window with her hood up jennifer looks towards the window but she only hears it rattling with nobody there she turns over to look at the window then a narration from needy quote hell is a teenage girl, end quote. Is that true, Molly? Is that true? Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) That's why films like this, like about girls that are like puberty age, high school age, work so fucking well with horror. That's why this film has a cult following is because it's, I mean, really, it is helping a teenage girl. I like I don't like thinking back to my teenage years. Those were not good years. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it also brings up movies like uh, like Heather's being a big cult classic mm-hmm. as oh, well yeah. because it really nails it on the head on this kind of uh, genre. So it's very interesting seeing this in this movie. But it's, right, it's so unique. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, there's so many movies that play with this very very well. I mean, we see it very much in comedies and we see it very much in horror, right? So uh, I feel like it plays both very beautiful. Uh, with that aspect of uh, dealing with puberty and hormones and so on and so forth. So it's very interesting. We cut to a caged window with Needy staring out um, uh, out of her patient room as her narration continues. Quote, I guess I'm not exactly perfect myself, but at least I have my fans. I mean, I get letters every day, mostly from perverts and chesters, but still, I'm kind of the shit. 
end quote. While her narration continues, you can see all these letters and gifts strewn across the floor as she continues to yarn. A hospital worker knocks on her door, letting her know that uh, rec time started five minutes ago. She sarcastically gives him a gracias, Raymundo, without looking at him, and he rolls his eyes, going back to whatever he wherever he came from. Her narration continues. Quote, sometimes the letters are from people who, who say they're praying for me. They'll tell me everything will be okay if I just accept Jesus Christ into my heart. I say the words, but nothing ever happens. Nobody comes back. Nobody gets off the cross. End quote. What a fucking <laughs> line, dude. I know. <laughs> like, holy shit. What a line. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It very much reminds me of, like, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Like, every single time that I, like, see this line... It just reminds me of the song, Let the Sun Shine In. But it, it, it's such a spooky and eerie line to say that, I mean, kind of rings volumes, especially if you've come from maybe Catholicism or something like that to atheism or vice versa, atheism to Catholicism, whatever. It doesn't matter. But it, it, it's just it it just rings true. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Oh, what a line. She's taken, uh, she's taken off her gown, showing off scars on her backside and lower arm as she is putting on an orange Leech Lake Corrections um, jumpsuit. But the camera pans closer to a picture of her boyfriend, Chip. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, she gets up from her bed with her fuzzy bunny slippers. Just, dude, what? Amazing. <laughs> and heads to the yard she is walking across the yard looking at these women um, play batman as she continues quote welcome to the mental olympics they're uh, they're big on recreation here supposedly it helps us vent out our aggressions end quote she punches a volleyball on the string right off the pole and uh i actually want to talk about this <laughs> right here yeah. uh when she punches that off the pole like is that is that just her powers or was that just a weak ball I, I would like to believe it's her powers. Yeah, I think it's just hinting at what we're going to learn about her later on. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we really find out when she boots the shit. Out yeah. Of that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I was always curious on that because I, I I when I watched this again, I haven't watched it in several years, but when I watched this again again just now, and it's just like, is that a powers or is that just is that just a weak ball or a weak right. string or something like that but it, it's totally meant to look that way too yeah they trying to like right. have this comedic moment it's like oh they're like all of their recreation equipment is very worn out it's very yeah funny that that fell off because that's what <laughs> she's really talking about but in reality yeah. there's a deep meaning of like oh she has superpowers but yeah. we haven't really seen it yet and then right. as a viewer, we're going to get those answers later on. But that's how I like to believe it. I think it's her powers. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, and I, I played my fair share of tetherball growing up, and I've never seen someone hit it off of the string. I feel like that shit is always yeah. way more strong than people think it is. <laughs> like, it looks worn yeah, down, 100%. but it's strong. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, those balls are like medicine balls, too. They're, they're, like, they're not like regular volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> We cut to her in the lunchroom with her tray with a single Pop-Tart, but they called it something else. I think they called it like Toastums or something like that. Um, and the narration continues. Quote, personally, I think they're trying to wear us out, keep us sluggish, so, th so there won't be an uprising. End quote. They're looking over her patient chart um, sheet for Leech, Leech Lake Corrections, showing her name Anita Needy Lesnicki, inmate number 694221, height 52. She's little, etc. <laughs> it fades into what Needy's mental condition is. 
um, and grandiose notions, hallucinations, uncontrollable fits, and kicker. K-I-C-K-E-R, written in bold letters underlined. She continues, quote, Well, those JV tactics won't work against me. I'm a kicker. K-I-C-K-E-R. It even says it on my chart, end quote. She's looking out of the cage window in the, t- in the lunchroom as a worker comes up to her, asking her about her toastums. Just a toaster. <laughs> I, can't, I was very curious. With this type of budget, you would think they would be able to afford Pop-Tarts, but I guess not. Unless Pop-Tarts are called Toastums, and I didn't know that, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Needy looks at the woman telling her uh, she likes them. The woman tells Needy that's good, but she isn't sure that uh, they can provide her with uh, sufficient energy throughout during the day. She is about to recommend her something before Needy boots the shit out of her, <laughs> causing her to fly back on the table behind her. She walks over to the woman saying that she recommends that she shuts the fuck up while spitting in her face. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just like, all right, this is where this movie's going. Yeah. <laughs> it's this scene is phenomenal. It's like Yeah. <laughs> or just a new black on steroids. <laughs> and she's just so sweet and innocent it's looking so and she has her little bunny slippers on and then she just <laughs> fucks some shit up and it's amazing. It's so definitely uh, one of those scenes, like, it caught me off guard rewatching this. I did not remember that scene at all. <laughs> so when I saw it and I saw how much she was bleeding, I was like, man, this movie is brutal. And it just well, started. She kicked her in the face. Yeah, I was like, holy crap. But it definitely, like, Shit. made me, like, stand up a little bit. And I, like, fell back down in my seat. And I was like, okay, I'll continue watching this movie. But yeah, it's intense right off the gate. Amazing. I love it. Amazing. It's so good. I love the ladies in the background, too, where it's just like, oh, no, she did. She's like, yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> so good. <laughs> the prisoners all cheer while the orderlies try to restrain her. The woman spits out a tooth mixed with blood on the ground. Needy is fighting off the orderlies, but they throw her into solitary confinement. She lets out a loud but controlled scream while she sits there, crisscrossed as her narration continues. And this is beautiful. When she screams like that, complete control over her face and facial expressions to just go minute. And that is just so well done. And the range on this girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Amanda Seyfried, like, I, first time I've seen her act was Mean Girls. And that mm. was, what, 2004, 2003, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I always thought she was just kind of a ditz. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. And then when you really start seeing her in those roles, and you're just like, whoa. Like, no, she's, like, good at what she does. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, really good at what she does. Molly, you may remember this. Do you do you remember that um, one horror movie she was in uh, where she was, like, like, I think she was a, um, like, an escort or something, and then... Oh, uh, it, Chloe? Chloe? Yeah. Chloe, yes. Yes, yes I've Chloe. seen that one. Oh, She's so, so great good. in that. So good I mean, everyone that. is, because isn't that also Julianne Moore? Yeah. yeah who's, she's amazing so in everything, good. too. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I should put that on for our, our Queer Horror Month, too. That mm, would be really good. That would be a good one. Yeah. We'll add that to the list. We'll add that to the list. <laughs> she lets out a loud control scream and continues her narration. Quote, I wasn't always this cracked. I used to be normal. Well, as normal as any girl under the influence of teenage hormones. But after the killings began, I started to feel, I don't know, loose around the edges or something. 
end quote. While she is narrating, her breathing is heavily starting to become more calm. The room is drowned into darkness as the speaker in the room starts to play some music. She covers her ears and lies down in the fetal position in... Man, I love this movie. We got to a quick montage of Needy's hometown, Devil's Kettle, as her voiceover narration continues on explaining what the town isn't as twisted as it sounds because of the because it is named after a waterfall. But it is, it is technically not a normal waterfall. Water is spiraling, is spiraling into this hole, but the water never comes back. Um, I guess we never truly find out where the water goes, right? Oh, we do. Kind of. Yeah, towards yeah, the end of the yeah, movie, like right, but like it, it's is it suggesting that it's by the prison or? Uh, I mm, guess I, I. It depends on how far she had gotten away before she found right. that. I guess before. I mean it's in the vicinity at least. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's semi close by. I guess. Yeah. Um, but- yeah, that's fine. Um, there are scientists dropping these balls into the hole as Needy says that that they uh, drop all kinds of things into there, but nothing surfaces, considering that it could be another dimension or just really deep. Cut to the images of them in their yearbook with the song I'm Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance With You by Black Kids, playing as Needy continues. I fucking love that song. <laughs> this, this whole like movie has just the greatest 2000 soundtrack <laughs> just so indie so perfect it was two months ago um her jennifer and needy's boyfriend chip uh were normal people they were they were their yearbook pictures nothing more nothing less focus on to chip playing on the drums while the school with the schools with the school's band moving to uh, the cheerleader jennifer front and center twirling a flag in slow motion needy is clapping for her friend as jennifer smiles back at her waving a vo saying that back back then they were tight practically sisters and people found it hard to believe that someone attractive like jennifer would associate her with needy does this very much remind you of ginger snaps like yeah i mean the two are very often compared (laughs) right like i don't know we'll chat (laughs) needy continues trailing her smile towards jennifer until chastity leans in saying that she is totally lesbian she the, the shit we used to say as teenagers. Yeah. Like, she asked her what um and adding that she is um just her best friend. Jazzy starts mocking how Needy uh, was waving towards Jennifer as she watched her, but Needy just turns her attention back to the rally. Cut to Jennifer walking down the hall and goes up to Needy playfully saying hi to her, calling her Monastat. What's up, Monastat? While Needy returns a playful co- uh comment calling her Vagisil. Just their dynamics <laughs> fantastic. Like, they just had the perfect chemistry with each other. (laughs) Jennifer tells her that they are going out tonight, Needy questioning as to why they are going out. She tells Needy that this band, Low Shoulder, is playing at Melody Lane, an an indie rock band from the city. I was very curious, like, if Devil's Kettle was, like, a real place. I couldn't find anything, but, um, I I always get curious where the city is. Yeah. I I think it is a fictional one, but it's yeah yeah i i wish it was real i want to see that fancy weird waterfall (laughs) spiral of a hole of a waterfall that gives me such anxiety really (laughs) not knowing where it goes like if anyone falls in there like you're not going to see them again like that's so scary to me so scary i mean that's a serial killer's dream oh my god that's true true that's very true i i'm very curious like like Molly, there has to be something in the Pacific Northwest like that, right? Like, come on, right? Um, 
Hopefully. know. I mean, there probably <laughs> is some like whirlpool type stuff around here, but I don't think there are yeah. any where they don't know where it goes. Where it goes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I guess the only place I've been to up there was like Multnomah Falls or something. Oh, that's a good place to go, though. <laughs> it's very pretty oh, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's very pretty. Yeah, we went during the winter and it was all snow and it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, she uh, continues gloating about the lead singer of the band being extra salty. Just the slang once again. It's, just, <laughs> right. it's interesting how it changed too. Like salty just means like like aha, you're jealous. And now like before it's like oh. Was that God, even a, like a thing outside of this no, movie? Because I don't totally remember not. ever hearing people say that. Am I just too old? Never. <laughs> I, 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 am I? I don't know. Like I, I just, it's just. Are we? I don't know. That's yeah, true. I definitely that was not a part of my vernacular. No, not at all. <laughs> she continues. She is looking in the mirror, telling Needy that there will uh, be other salty morsels there for her. Needy tells her um, that she promised Chip that she would hang out with him tonight. Jennifer yells out, "Boo!" mocking to uh, cross her out um, of the plans. Oh shit. Now I now I really get the ending now. Now it's like retrospectively <laughs> coming back when she because Needy says cross her out. Yeah. And I was like, it's a nod <laughs> to the beginning of the movie. Got it. Um, <laughs> she is looking at Jennifer as in caves, asking her what time is the show. Jennifer smiles, letting her know that she would pick her up at eight thirty. Adding that her mom has a date with some guy who owns the ham store. Needing uh, Needy saying uh, that he seems nice. Jennifer biting her lip tells Needy to wear something cute before confidently walking away. Love all the MySpace shit just around her locker. It just really reminds me of a MySpace, MySpace page. Needy is trying to make herself look flattering while trying on clothes in front of a mirror. She narrates that, quote, wear something cute, end quote. Meant something specific to Jennifer speak. Meaning that she couldn't look like a total zero, but she couldn't out upstage her either. She exposed, uh, she exposed her, her stomach, but never her cleavage. Breast was Jennifer's trademark. Chip is on his, on, uh, I guess his bed. Or her bed? I don't know. Chip is on the bed. He sighs uh, that her jeans are hella low and that um, he can almost see her front butt. <laughs> What's a front butt? Like, oh, Prince. What's a front butt? Should we should we go there? I don't know. Do we want to? Go there? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you didn't know. I like, I've never heard it called that outside of this. This is her rock look. While true. smiling at him, but he continues to slightly up uh, continues to be slightly upset at her appearance, saying that um uh, he could see her womb. Um, we're not gonna go there, everybody. I know what a front butt is. I was joking, but Chip. I do want to talk about Chip very quickly here because Chip is. Kind of those guys who is just like he's the in between good guy, but he's kind of a kind of a jealous dickhead at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I I like Chip, but at the same time, it's just like you, you get little vibes from where it's just all right. You're slightly controlling, right? Like, let's dial that back. Yeah. <laughs> like, although I feel like, like that's I mean, everyone in Needy's life too, because Jennifer controls her quite a bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Jennifer is definitely her boss. Yeah, she clear sure. <laughs> Needy clearly has a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I guess that's fair. She finishes her outfit with a belt as Chip tells her that he's never heard of Low Shoulder and which one is Jennifer stalking. Needy tells him that it's the lead singer and the girls like uh, like her don't date drummers. Him being a drummer, Chuckle sarcastically telling her things a lot. Needy humoring him about Jennifer making an exception if he were a drummer who was also a lead singer. He compares it to Phil Collins. She asks who that is. <laughs> Embarrassed, he tells her to forget it. <laughs> All right. 
She continues going on about how the singer, um, Jennifer, says, who was extra salty, confused. He questions, salty? Needy comes up to Chip, explaining that salty means beautiful. He then compliments her being soy sauce. <laughs> they start to kiss while Chip is undoing his belt, but she stops, um, uh, kissing him, uh, sensing that Jennifer is there. And this is like the beginning of a very interesting dynamic here. Because, like, right. this is something that is. Uh, oddly important to their link because they are definitely like for some reason like psychopathically linked <laughs> it's yeah. very interesting so i mean it's I almost like they have twin powers without being twins right yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah because like they they have this sense of being tied together that is very very interesting and it's used in this movie a lot to tell the story of right. how she figures stuff out and stuff like that. I'm just a little ashamed that like they didn't really go deeper into it and why they have that connection. Maybe yeah. creating a flashback of how they got interconnected somehow or I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it, cool. It sounds like the necklace had something to do with it though, right? Like or or the necklace being like their ultimate bond. Like it was just like a symbolism of their bond or something. But I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> talk about it. Uh, he at no future spoilers. He asks her, "How does she know?" Then Jennifer calls out, um, or calls out to her, telling her to get downstairs. Chip comments on that being fucking weird. Needy tells him that she better hurry before she gets annoyed while jumping off the bed. And Chip shaking his head in annoyance. Um, he sought. Oh, well, lost my spot. There is. He sighs that she always does what Jennifer tells her to do. She defends that she doesn't, but they um, they have stuff in common, which is why they are biffs. That's right. Biffs. <laughs> you guys remember that? That was a thing. Mm -hmm. She shows Chip her BFF necklace while he corrects her um, about ha not having anything in common. She sarcastically agrees uh, with him and starts heading down um, downstairs uh, to Jennifer with Chip close behind. She shows off her outfit to Jennifer for her, appro her approval. Jennifer quick glances over at Chip, then gloats about who, uh, who has the car until 1130. Jennifer greets Chip and jokes about, about it smelling like Thai food in there, asking them if they had sex. Needy laughs, playfully pushing Jennifer calling her gross while Chip has a nervous smile on his face. Both Jennifer and Needy are playfully pushing each other back and forth until Jennifer shoves the shit out of her <laughs> into the door while giggling with a fuck you. Damn, Jennifer's mean. <laughs> yeah. Jennifer is mean. She definitely lets you know who's boss in the right. relationship. That's for sure. <laughs> um, And she is ready to go um, calling Mel uh, the Melody Lane a club. And I love how, like, Needy's face, like, looks here because it honestly tells you so much of how she thinks about their friendship. Because with their friendship, it, it's quite obvious that Needy is attracted to Jennifer a little bit more than just a friend. And um, with that with that mindset, it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like love makes you do the darnest thing kind of thing. So it's very interesting yeah. based on Needy and Jennifer's relationship. It's, it's actually something um, kind of common with female relationships, I feel like, too. Like, young girls at that age, they they attach to people that they... Not necessarily always that they're attracted to, but that they admire. Like, the girls that they wish they could be. Um, like, oh, like, obviously, Jennifer is beautiful and popular and cheerleader and everyone loves her. Right. So, even though they've been friends since they were little... There's obviously more like 
I'm sure inside Needy kind of wishes that she could be more like Jennifer. Um, right. Which also makes it a weird dynamic because you're not just friends. You also are like basically hanging out with someone that you idolize, which is never healthy. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. No, that makes total sense, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much about women. <laughs> Teenage girls. Yeah, oh we my are. Gosh. I mean, I'm going to have one. So it's just yeah. like, you know, she's she's going to be a teenager eventually. Study so, up you know, now. It's good to know this now. <laughs> it's good to study on up. Uh, Chip says that uh, it is not a club. It is a bar and then claims that it's barely a bar. Jennifer opens the door, walking off the porch, telling Chip to eat her ass. And he is jealous because he's not invited. He rebuttals that he, is, he isn't jealous, commenting uh, that it is disgusting and everyone in there has a mustache. All right. How times have changed. (laughs) How the times have changed. Jennifer continues her verbal attack, saying that he is a lime green jello and he can't admit it to himself as they continue walking towards her car. Chip concludes for her or concludes for her to stop uh, kidnapping his girlfriend while she shouts, quote unquote, you wish to him before entering the car. I love that line, too. Like, it's just one of those things of her once again puffing her chest out and letting her know, like, nah, dude, I run shit here still. <laughs> like, you're you're just like a pawn. <laughs> I run shit. Cut to them at Melody Lane, needy VOing that Chip was right about this place not being a club, saying that, that clubs are for attractive people in cities. They have DJs and champagne, and all they have is a jukebox and, jukebox and a sticker toilet. Shout out to that Matchbox Romance sticker in there. Shouts out. I really miss concerts. Jennifer and Needy get their hands marked with X's as they come inside the bar. Jennifer mentioning um, that she can't wait until she is old enough to get wasted. They pass Craig complimenting Jennifer on um, looking pretty. And I love how she uh, like greets him back. What's up, Craig? <laughs> Not even looking his way. Just tunnel vision she sarcastically says what's up to him while telling needy that uh he thinks um he thinks he he is cute enough for her and that's why he's a remedial that's why he's in remedial math she says something totally different (laughs) but i'm not gonna repeat that here uh craig whispers a uh, whispers a swing and a miss to himself while taking a sip from his drink now we could assume that since we don't see these people again that they're dead right yeah yeah i think most of them die Got yeah. it. Okay. Needy and Jennifer standing across the room when Needy notices Ahmet from India. I love how he's literally classed as Ahmet from India. Yep. In the in the credits <laughs> as well. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That's his full name. Sitting alone. <laughs> that's his literally his full name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor guy said a lot of the trouble. He's drinking a soda. He's having a good time, I guess. Jennifer wonders if he is. <laughs> All right, bear with me, everybody. Try to get the funnies out. Jennifer wonders if he is circumcised, adding a sexual joke on top of that. And as she is about to put a cigarette um in her mouth, Roman Duda, officer in training, yanks it out of her mouth, telling her that she shouldn't be poisoning herself with that shit unless she wants him to arrest. Unless she wants him to arrest her for possession. Um. It's just interesting. Like, it's like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? It's it's literally a cigarette, man. Like, probably a year from now, probably going to be legal to smoke these things. Like, what? Trying to <laughs> assert right. his dominance <laughs> and failing yeah. miserably. You know, <laughs> yeah, 100%. It, it, it's... it's so funny. It, it reminds me very much of that one movie he was in, uh, Take Me Home Tonight, <laughs> with uh, Anna Faris and... 
when she oh, yeah. leaves him and he's just like, no, no, uh, curly fries or whatever that like calls right. her. That was with, uh, <laughs> Topher Grace, I think. Yeah. 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 Topher Grace. You guys know who played this guy, right? Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. he was in this movie. I was like, oh my God, that's Chris Pratt yeah. when he was younger. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude, he was like a big time B actor. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, yeah. like back in the two thousands. Like, I mean, he's like in now. And oh, for I sure. feel like that's still very, very recent. I feel but. like this character is in my mind. It's very similar to how he is in real life too. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. I feel like that's very true. 100%. <laughs> Just some of the things like that, that he says true. and his overall vibe. I'm like, yep, that's definitely Chris Pratt in real life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I feel like most of his roles are definitely him. This is him. Yeah. yeah, this is him. I would love to see him in a dramatic role. I would definitely love to see him in a dramatic role. Um, I feel like he almost got there in Guardians of the Galaxy when he like shed a tear once. But <laughs> I didn't believe it. She reminds him that he isn't out of uh, the academy yet, and he lets her know. He lets. Yeah, he lets her know that uh, he has two more months left until he is on the force. She comes a little closer to him, grabbing his uh, yoo-hoo, asking him if he is going to cuff her. He groans for her not to do that, whispering, not there. <laughs> Needy interrupts them, saying that she sees the band, Jennifer turning around completely enamored at them. Uh, Jennifer flirtatiously giggles that they look like they are from the city, as Roman comments on it being that they have eyeliner on. She tells him that uh, he would... He would think that because he is in a small town, he's a small town goomer um, or gomer, maybe a gomer. I think that's how you say that. Um, and that she wished more guys in Devil's Kettle looked all stylish and shit. All right. You yeah. know, better represent. <laughs> she du- she seductively watches them uh, get set up for uh, for their set. Jennifer mentioning that they need two groupies. Needy uh, not wanting to go up there. Jennifer tells her that they're just boys, morsels, and women have all the power. While grabbing Needy's breast, she tells them she tells. Uh, she tells him that these are like smart bombs. Point them in the right direction and shit gets real. <laughs> they walk over to the band, Jennifer introducing both her and Needy to uh, the lead singer, Nikolai. And I love how vigorously she is like shaking his hand. Like she is completely <laughs> starstruck. Shaking his hand, like like you could hear her nerves in her voice. And like it, it's it's funny, like she acts this very well. Right. Yeah, and especially like considering great- that it's a relative, like a, probably a pretty unknown indie band that's only popular on MySpace right. and probably not even that popular yeah. on MySpace <laughs> to be that like, oh, I'm meeting someone famous. <laughs> right. It's so funny. It's so funny. And it's a great comparison of who she is as a person too, being the one that like walks down the halls, feels like she's on top of the world and can right. just say whatever to every guy that walks by trying to get at her. But she becomes more human in the scene and you kind of see like, oh, she's still a shy girl deep down inside too when she's trying to impress someone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to see that right. side of her before, you know, shit hits the fan. Because <laughs> then it yeah. gives us a reason to kind of like her too. It's like, oh no, she's just like needing the way too where she's kind of quiet and shy but at the same time we see that contrast later with needy where she becomes powerful and becomes kind of like jennifer later too so it's it's a crazy way to see the journey of these characters and it's kind of cool to see it yeah i agree he returns the introduction of him and his band, Jennifer com- um, compl- uh, completing Low Shoulder. She tells him that she has heard about them and they play their instruments really good. <laughs> Nikolai, enjoying the attention, tells her uh, that they are professionals. Needy interrupts, asking him why would they uh, play out here in Devil's Kettle since they live in the city. He tells her that he thinks it's really important to try to connect with their fans in the shitty areas, too. 
Jennifer comments on that being amazing and starts nervously chuckling, asking him if she could buy him a drink. He smiles, asking her what are they having. She lets him know uh, about this 9-11 tribute drink, speaking faster, explaining the drink um, and them having to drink it fast or it changes brown or something like that. Uh, he agrees, telling her that they will drink it fast, and she tells him that they uh, will be right back. Needy blocks her path, slightly stuttering on how she is about to obtain alcohol. Jennifer tells her that she, uh, she doesn't know. She's just probably going to go play Hello Titty with the bartender, then, then walks past her. Go, Jennifer. Go. <laughs> Needy goes over to, to the pinball machine, Nikolai studying them both, tapping his, ban his bandmate, Dirk, on the shoulder, asking um, him about Jennifer. Dirk, th Dirk thinks he's talking about Needy. He tells him to fuck off, and he mentions uh, that he is uh, talking about J uh, Jennifer, the state fair princess who was at the bar. And what did he call Needy? Like Jan Brady or something like that? I think that's what he calls her. I can't like, remember. Probably Jan Brady over there. That sounds. About I right. mean, she does kind of look like Jan Brady. <laughs> She did kind of look yeah. like Jerry. <laughs> so it definitely makes sense. He tells Jerk, or he tells Dirk, um, she is she is one um, saying that he grew up in a, in a town like this, um, and there is always uh, that one girl who shows it all off but never gives it up. Needy overhears a conversation from the pinball machine, um, but Dirk comments on Dirk comments that he told him that he was from Brooklyn. But Nikolai continues saying that the point is Jennifer is a virgin. Dirk doesn't think so, and he continues trying to convince Dirk, but Needy comes up to him. She lets him know that uh, her best friend is in fact, um, or excuse me, she, uh, she lets him know that her best friend that he is talking about is angrily slash matter-of-factly shares that she is in fact a virgin, um, and that beats sleeping with creeps like him. She walks off, but Nikolai's face continues uh, showing intrigue, and he looks over at Dirk with a smirk as Dirk shrugs. Jennifer is walking over uh, with her 9-11 sh uh, shoots, but stops at Needy Grown about Tower One not being full enough. This is such a it's such a morbid joke for <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Needy ignores that um letting her friend know that uh those dudes are lame and uh, just to forget about them. I would I, I think I would have told her like like I like I think I would have been like hey like I I don't know I would I would I would have tried to like up it up a little bit more so we can like get the fuck out of there but I mean she does mention it so Yeah it's fine, I guess. I don't know. Jennifer's Jennifer, so it's probably not much she could have done anyway. <laughs> Jennifer mentions that she thinks the lead singer uh, wants her, needy sharing, only because he thinks she's a virgin, letting her know that she, uh, she heard them talking. Jennifer, appalled, mentions that she's not even a backdoor virgin, thanks to Roman, as she looks back at him, <laughs> continuing sharing that she couldn't go to Flags um, uh, the following day because of the pain causing her to stay home and sit on a bag of frozen peas. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I assume she's talking about the Amusement Park Six Flags, maybe? Yeah, I think that's what about? she's talking about. I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I know that it's like it's a chain of Amusement Parks for Six Flags, so... Yeah. Maybe that's it. Uh, Needy chuckles out, um, and oh my god, right before the band is about to begin, Jennifer sits down uh, the drink so she can get a better view. Nikolai tells the crowd, good evening, calling the town by its wrong name. <laughs> what did he call it? Devil's... Like Devil's Lake, I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it was Devil's Cuddle. <laughs> um, and having someone correct him, but he uh, plays it off quite smooth. You fuck right, it is. <laughs> they begin to be they begin to play as he stares at Jennifer. Um, I love him. He's just he's an absolute delight. Adam Brody <laughs> needs to be in every horror film. I love him. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Like, God, I think the last thing I saw him in was what, Ready or Not? Yes. And he's just, he's, oh, he's a yeah. just. Oh, yeah. So good. 
He's a joy. Yes. Yeah. He is a joy. He's great in everything. He, he, rem- he is. He really, he very much is. He reminds me very much of, uh, of Justin Long when we had him in, wow. in quite a plethora of different horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it just, it, they have that dynamic of like, it was nice to spot them <laughs> in, in said horror film. It was nice to spot them in something that wasn't a horror film too. Like when I saw him in Zack and Miri Makes a Porno, I was like, Justin Long's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why my voice just went like five <laughs> octaves. That's fine. Um, <laughs> they begin to play as he stares at Jennifer and the crowd starts moving closer for a better view. He spits out his gum and sings. Um, Jennifer is super, uh, super stoked about these these dudes grabbing Needy's hand, uh, gripping it tightly. Needy looks at Jennifer with a smile, but drops it when she realizes that she isn't looking back at her. So she drops her smile. Jennifer lets go of her hand and she turns her attention back to the band. And... Um, it just makes me really this feels like this makes me feel really bad for needy mm-hmm. because you you can tell that her feelings for her are she knows what she's feeling but at the same time she seems to be just kind of taken back by it and considering them to be just like this is my friend right. kind of thing yeah but like you just you feel it for her like she's like Ooh. like I, I want them to be together just pay attention <laughs> to needy who cares about the stupid band right <laughs> exactly Please! A fire sparks from one of the cords on stage and is catching the uh, curtain on fire behind them, causing the people to scatter when burning flags and um, f- uh, when burning flags are falling from the ceiling. Jennifer is watching this in some sort of trance, and the band stops playing, uh, playing, watching with a smirk. Everything catch a blaze. People running, catching on fire, and being trampled. People are hiding under t- under tables fa- from falling debris. Poor Emmett gets crushed by a beam, or does he? And Jennifer <laughs> is still in her trance until Needy pulls her into the bathroom, telling her that she knows where uh, where to go. They run into the bathroom and escape from the window while they can hear the cries of people stuck inside screaming for help. And this is actually terrifying. <laughs> um, they make it out, but other people are running out of the burning club on fire. Needy is trying to uh, to get Jen, uh, Jen's, and from here on out, everybody, I'm going to be switching back and forth from Jen and Jennifer <laughs> because time. Uh, attention. Um, but when, uh, but she is still in her trance-like state. Um, and I like to believe the ritual kind of started here. 100%. But in all honesty, it's probably just more so if they would have just let this thing burn down, they technically didn't need Jennifer to begin with because they used the crutch of we helped people during this fire kind of thing. And Jennifer never died. Well, so I think that that I think it was still what happens next that makes them famous. Like, I think that they wouldn't right. have got gotten the notoriety if they hadn't gone through with it right. even with like lying That's about true. it i think people wouldn't have believed them if this hadn't happened right I, that makes sense i 100 yeah. percent agree with that I because agree. you can even see like how people defend them too like oh they didn't actually save people and she's all like shut up and we'll talk about that scene <laughs> in general but it feels like oh yeah people Chastity. are under some type of spell or like even Jennifer, like you were saying, I think this is where everything first started. Because even if you're tracking the fire, it's very specific of where it goes and how it spreads. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. definitely part of their song that they sang that they probably learned to manipulate that entire sequence to happen. Right. 
And it's kind of yeah. crazy to look at. And I didn't remember this uh, scene specifically. So when I saw people on fire, I was like, what movie is this? What am I watching? <laughs> it's intense. And then when they yeah. went to the bathroom, I was like, why not the front door? What were you going with this? But it was, was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why. It's a good scene. Uh, it's funny because the song itself is very much like Needy and Jennifer's relationship. Yeah. Like, it's it, it, It's very interesting. Like the lyrics, I feel like, are very much just like their relationship hand in hand and not a bad song gotta say <laughs> yeah it's not that bad it's very indie uh nikolai uh, casually comes up to the to them with a drink in his hand letting the two girls know that he is looking all he's looking he was looking for looking for them oh my god i can't speak tonight he mentions that uh that it is really dangerous out there as there is an explosion behind him asking if they uh, would like to head somewhere safer like his van needy ask him uh Needy asks him what, and he tells her that he is in survival mode right now, which he uh, wants to head to the safer place, feeling like that is his van. <laughs> Jen mindlessly agrees, and Nikolai claims that she is in shock, um, handing her handing his drink to her, telling her to have some as he forces her to drink more of it. Needy is watching but shaking her head, calling out to her, and N- Nikolai grabs her, bringing, bringing her towards her, his van. Needy yells for them to go, but Jennifer says that uh, she wants to go inside their really cool van, telling Needy uh, for them to go inside. She yells why, um, and they should just leave in, the, leave in their car. They should just uh, get out of there. Jen turns around, yelling for her to just stop it and to shut up while, while she enters inside the van with the bandmates. Needy is staring at Jen, Jen back at her. No smile, just despair. Nikolai closes the door to the van as an explosion goes off behind Needy as she narrates that she watched her get into the van and knew something awful was going to happen. Commenting um, that Nikolai was skinny, twisted and evil like a petrified tree she saw when she was a kid um we jump to a young needy but beginning to hyperventilate as she looks up at the tree's spindly branches above then back to the present um her continuing her gaze at nikolai as he's shrugging back at her before heading inside the van they drive off from the burning building leaving uh leaving it behind as the as a cop and fire truck sirens can be heard in the distance the band is driving into the woods while needy makes it back home phoning for chip who is asleep he wakes up from the ringing uh greets his girlfriend her thanking god that he's available um it's very fun aspects of like duality between catholicism and, and like i guess occultism and things like that very fun is it occultism it, it could word? be I, I don't know um chip asks it could be you know who knows you know it's not like we have google and i could look it up but i'm not going to because lazy uh chip asks what's wrong and and she lets she lets him know that jennifer is gone her running off with the band and letting him know that melody uh melody lane burned down he sits up concerned asking her if she's okay she lets him know that she is continuing conti- continues telling him about the tragic events that transpired at the bar she starts sobbing thinking about the people who were trampled and burned alive adding that jen is still with those creeps she continues sharing that they took her in their spooky van with the blacked out windows Chip asks if if he, she knows the make and model. She tells him that she doesn't know an eighty nine rapist. So good, and that they need to go find her. Chip tells her um, who cares um, about Jen and and those douchebags, letting her know that people just burn to death. Yeah, but I mean, wrong. at the same time, I feel like right? it's normal for people like, to be concerned about sense. the living, like. Because she, she thinks that her friend is still in danger, and all those people in the True. building. I mean, it's too late for them. Not to be not to be crass or anything, but it's too late for them. Right, right. So I I feel like it makes sense for her to be concerned about her best friend potentially getting (laughs) gang raped by a band. (laughs) 
That's true. Yeah. 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 That's true. And, and granted, I mean, he, he does not like Jennifer at all. Right. Like he, right. he, he really yeah. doesn't like Jennifer in the slightest. And he does take that <laughs> out on needy being, I guess, so needy for yeah. Jennifer. <laughs> so it's the perfect name for her. Perfect name. It was, it was flawless. Yeah. It's fun. definitely more of a commentary um, on, that makes sense. I feel like it's that, more that of a commentary on him See, than we have needy. Here, what that line from him. Right. <laughs> very true very true that makes sense i'm looking at this in such a different light she is thinking about what to say she is startled by her doorbell ringing letting chip know that some uh, that uh, there's somebody there and she is all alone and freaked out um like, i like it when she gets scared because like she doesn't she cusses but she doesn't it's it's very interesting like, it's just like it's like cheese and fries is what she said when she got scared it was pretty good um he asked he asked where her mom is she's on a swing shift tell and then tells him to stay on the phone with her needy is heading down the stairs chip asking if she would like for him to come over but she isn't sure uh and i love how like the headshot right up like is like kind of right above her and it, it feels like a super polished amateur sh- um I don't know. It, it feels really good because like the shaky cam and it just feels like it <laughs> has that $16 million budget, but they handed it to their intern, Jeff, and was just like, Jeff, shoot this. Like, <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it feels really good. But I, I don't know. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, she swings the door open, but nobody is out there relaying that back to Chip, um, thinking she might be going crazy. Behind her, there is a shadow. There's a shadow of someone that swiftly moves into the house. She tells Chip that it's probably nothing and that she uh, will call him later than hanging up the phone. Needy is about to head upstairs, but she uh, stops when she hears something thudding around in her house. She cautiously moves through her hallway, creaking from every every step, placing her cell phone on the shelf, then quickly opens the basement door, poking her head in to listen to the thudding downstairs. She quickly closes the door, cautiously heading into the kitchen. Her faucet is dripping, and she goes to turn the faucet off. When she turns around, Needy is startled by Jennifer behind yeah. her, all bloody and bruised. Um, and I remember when I first saw this in college, and I assumed the worst. Like, I assumed that she was raped, and she was just yeah. It definitely gives die. that impression like, oh, until fuck, that moment. She like, like spews oh, up the black man. stuff, then you're like, oh, oh, man. wait, am I ready for nope, this? No, something right else now? is going on here. <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> right, you're like paranormal. <laughs> like, no, like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yeah, she tells Jen hi, but she doesn't say anything. Just stares as blood drips off her clothes. Needy ask ask her what happened. Jennifer cracks a smile, showing off her bloodstained teeth, and then walks over to the fridge. She rummages through it, finding a baked chicken, throwing it on the ground, devouring it. Needy is nervously telling her um, that her mom got that from Bas- the Boston Market <laughs> and that uh, she is not supposed. But Jennifer cuts her off. With a blood curdling roar, yeah. then starts gagging, leaving Needy's jaw wide until Jen throws up this black metallic goop onto her. The goop starts to spike as Jennifer smiles and laughs. Needy coming over to pr- provide warmth, touching her, touching her arm, and noticing that something is off. Um, and you yeah. assume that she would be cold, but I guess like she's just really, really hot. <laughs> the fires of hell. Like, she's not cold <laughs> at all, which makes sense. But, right, demon. Needy. <laughs> That's right, Freddy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Spew, spew, spew. <laughs> Needy gets up and runs to her phone right when she is about to make a call. Jin shoves her into a beam, a bloody hand on Needy's photo. Um, and I love how quick this is. Very Edgar Wright style, right? right. This is very just Look at it. <laughs> very to the point. Uh, then moves in close, feeling on Needy, whispering if she is scared. Needy, and I love how she says it. She's like, are you scared? Just like whispers in her voice. And it's, it, it sends chills down your spine. And you could just put yourself in Needy's shoes right in that moment. Needy sobbingly nods her head as Jennifer proceeds to fight the urge of clamping down on her neck. She throws Needy down to the ground as she slowly backs, uh, backs <laughs> out of the house, keeping an eye on Needy. She calls out to Jennifer through sobs, but she is gone fucking scene man jesus i love it that scene is one of my favorite scenes so in this good. movie as a horror so movie good. and nailed it and nailed yeah. it so well you got the tension like, that's built up you get the oh. crazy growl that came out yeah. of her making fox actually played the scene she made the scene work. i feel like this is also like, another dude, scene like how you're talking oh about when God. she was interacting it's with like nikolai how jennifer's like kind of seemed more human <laughs> weirdly even though this is when we first see kind of the demon aspect she feels like you can see her human emotions because she's trying so hard right. not mm-hmm. to hurt Needy. So you can actually tell that even though she's like ultra yeah. mega bitch, she actually cares about her friend. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cut to the wreckage of the bar as an investigative team sifts through, calling out that they found a body. Cue to the upbeat team movie music as the gossip of Needy and Jennifer being at Melody Lane begins, commenting about Needy not moving. Rather, she is daydreaming about her and Jen as kids. They are playing in a sandbox with dolls, Jennifer picking quote-unquote perfect prom Betty and Needy asking why does she have to be ugly Ashley. Jennifer asks um, as a tax as a tax stabbed in her hand. Needy fishes it out and then sucks the blood from her hand. She tells Tells Needy not to tell her mom because she will uh, make her get a shot. Needy sharing that she will never tell tell on her with a smile. Brought back to reality, Jennifer asking her, quote unquote, where's it at, monostat? Uh, Needy <laughs> is shocked, putting her glasses back on, on to make sure she's actually there. She confirms that she's all right. Jennifer asking her why wouldn't she be. Needy about to remind her about last night, but Jennifer cuts her off, letting her know that she um, has a tendency <laughs> to overreact, reminding her that m- reminding her. I don't- <laughs> when she thought there was uh, an earthquake at the Girl Scout camp, but two guys with a ghetto blaster. I I, I personally do not know. What I that think is. that I, it, I mean it must. I, no I, I, I would like, assume I, if they thought it was an earthquake that maybe hood, it's like so something I, to do with I've the bass heard of that. Like, or something like, like playing I, music like, really loud with really loud bass that was vibrating everything. But I don't know. I have no idea what that is. Oh, right. Yep. Wow, maybe okay. I just yeah. I Google searched it. I had to. Boombox. Uh, urban dictionary. How, how would that course, make you think dictionary. it was an earthquake? It's actually a boombox. <laughs> a ghetto blaster. A ghetto blaster is a boombox. Boom Why not? It's it, it's like the it's like very loud. I guess I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know. That that is very interesting. Yep. I, it, I don't know. It's it's like the whole thing where I really hate the word urban because it's just like a fancy way of saying the ghetto. Right. Whatever. Um, 
Jennifer sits down next to her and Needy, uh, needy reminding her that uh, people died last last night while applying lip gloss. As she asks if anyone that they knew, Needy reminds her that they know everybody. Jen nonchalantly <laughs> saying, sucks for them, I guess. Surprised and confused, Needy asks what's wrong with her. Jen, we're turning the question back to her. It's like kind of scary. She's like, no, what's wrong with you? And it's like, like, damn, nothing. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. While adding an insult to Needy's appearance, Needy moves her gaze while remembering that it was real, her being being up all night scrubbing the carnage off the floor. She scrubs the dark, gooey carnage while sobbing. We jump back to the present. Uh, um, Jennifer telling her not to talk to herself, it being one of the more freakish Needy behaviors. <laughs> Needy shows Jen her hands. Jen grossed out mentions that she needs a, pe- a manicure. Bad. <laughs> uh, Mr. Roblowski. Roblowski? That sounds close enough. Somberly comes into the room sharing that it, it is a dark day for Devil's Kettle. He continues saying that they lost eight students, including Amet from India, several parents, and a Spanish teacher, Senorita Erickson. Um... <laughs> This gag is just something else. Just, uh, uh well, he, and I'm, I'm talking about Amet, like Amet from India. Like, it's just, yeah. that gag is just hilarious to me. Uh, while he is sharing all the sad news, um, Jin is smiling and chuckles about Erickson's demise. Needy shushing her as Robluski continues his, uh, somewhat inspirational speech, telling them, uh, to put away the teenage concerns of, uh, on who was cool or who was a hoe guess it was cool to be a hoe back then but you can't let the fire uh, the fire win jennifer giggles that the fire already won needy just um yeah needy just the look of pure yeah. concern it's on such a face. weird mix of and like very very just, time period they, specific dated they, stuff they and then also well, just like but at the same time very like, diablo cody so nostalgic totally in there this, too. Was high school. <laughs> 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 this was 100% Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> One of the jocks starts to cry at his lab partner's uh embraces as his lab partner embraces him and Rubluski's hand him a tissue with his hook for a hand. <laughs> Uh, cuts a needy walking down the hall passing her peers crying chip comes up next to her commenting on on there being no band practice needy swapping that there's nothing today he lets her know that it is surreal that time stops when one person dies in this town needy adding that she feels guilty just breathing chip agreeing she lets him know that she uh, needs to tell him something about Jennifer, reminding him about their conversation last night on the phone. Needy continues letting him know that um, that it was Jennifer, looking looking like she had been beaten up or shot. And then she barfed up this prickly stuff that ju- that looked like roadkill and sewing needles mixed together. He tries to to make sense of it, saying that she probably just inhaled yeah. a bunch of smoke. I don't, people can't see, but my eyebrows my eyebrows went way up, and that I was like, well, Chip. Uh, you are a dick. Sorry. Um, and that he is not tr- not saying that to be a dick. Men. Am I right? <laughs> she cuts him off. S- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that that's always been a huge concern for me. Like <laughs> I grew I grew up with women only. And like I, I never met my dad. I've never had like a male remote realm. A male role model, I guess, in my life at at all. I mean, I guess my brother kind of counts, mm-hmm. but I never really looked up to him. <laughs> but so I guess it doesn't count. But um, so I've always been so upset, like seeing how they would be treated 
just for one being black and two being a woman. And I always found I was like, yeah, this is such bullshit. And like seeing stuff like this has always made me feel so like sick to my stomach. And one one thing that is always Mm -hmm. hard for me is rape movies. But I love the revenge aspects of rape movies. Like the movie Revenge is fucking awesome. But (laughs) I have a very hard time with the rape scenes. And that's how it should be. You should have a hard time with those scenes. You shouldn't be comfortable in those moments. But it's it's such an interesting way how we see how consensual Chip is in this movie, but at the same time, he's still a teenage dude. Right. <laughs> but hmm. she cuts him off saying that she is not crazy and that she doesn't tell lies, uh, then walks uh, then walks starts walk Oh, I wrote that weird. Then she starts walking off. He tries a, he tries to reason with her, saying that everyone is a little messed up uh, about this and needy um, completing mm-hmm. uh, completing what he is going to say. Kyle Gallner. Discombobulated. Chip Kyle Gallner. is commenting that it is um, fucked up. Her friend Colin calls out to her. Uh, she greets him. He tells her that he heard he heard that she was yes. uh, there last night. He doesn't know this, but he and I are married. Shout out to him. Um, like, what's his name? Uh, something Gallo, we, right? Gallo? Like he and I, like we're connected Gallo, Gallo, on social media and he, stuff. He and I had tweeted something about one of his films, and he DM'd uh, me to ask me a question actor. about what I had yeah. tweeted. So um, so and. Great. We like went back and forth a couple times. And I was like, nope, like by social media law, this means we're married now. I know you already have a wife and like two kids, but we're married now. So I don't make the rules, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, uh, <laughs> dinner in America. Yeah. Just letting you know. Fantastic. <laughs> That's how it works. That is how Sorry. it works. This is this it's, is it. And that's it was all. my favorite <laughs> yeah, non-horror fantastic. film that what, I saw this, uh, this year. What was the that new film? I don't think it's out yet, but the newer one, that, like that kind of like romantic comedy slash super dark romantic comedy. Yeah. Well, and, and America, I missed it at Fantasia. Right. I um, I ended I up watching it for. It. Oh, really now I'm blanking on the fest. Really yes, really I did it for Nightstream. It. Yeah, so good. Oh, uh, nice. See, everyone at Fantasia was talking about it, and I was so bummed that I didn't request it because it wasn't horror. Like I'm only doing horror. Oh, at Nightstream. Yeah, nice. Damn, I missed it at that one too. Well, obviously, I only caught like four films at Nightstream. It was Jumbo, and besides the point, we got we can talk about that all fair. She <laughs> nods. She nods her head, and she shares that she, um, he's oh, glad that she didn't die. She gives her hmm. thanks, and he walks off. And Chip asking, "How is she uh, friends with Colin Gray?" Maybe, um, maybe it he, was uh, like thought he only talked to dead. Girls. Yeah. Or maybe that's like the the, the small town uh, fake like movie version of like Suicide Girls or something. Yeah, I was like, is that like a thing? Is that a nod? I I mean, I don't know. Like, obviously, like God. Oh, okay. Still, but I don't know. (laughs) Right, goth click click or something. Oh yeah, probably. Um. Yeah, that might that might make sense because they did capitalize toastums as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. They, like they just came up with their own shit in this movie. Um, <laughs> she lets him know that uh, she just is, and they had creative uh, nonfiction class together, complimenting on his writing being all dark and emotional. 
Chip, jealous, tells her that he's like that too, just not all obvious. Needy, smiling, um, asks for him to walk her home. <laughs> you know it, babe. <laughs> Cut to the incredible breakdown, uh, which uh, totally takes me back to my MySpace days of the band, uh, of this band in particular. It dies today absolutely love this band as the camera snakes through the uh, football field stopping on Jonas the jock crying earlier Jennifer is walking up to him in the field he just he doesn't notice her and she comes up right next to him saying hi slightly surprised he greets her back she begins apologizing for his loss and asking if if he was crying over Craig um uh, holding back tears, he mentions that he he was his best friend. <laughs> she lets him know that she uh, was there last night and that she was probably the last person to speak to him. She shares that Craig um, Craig said that her and Jonas would make a banging couple, flirtatiously smiling while fixing her hair, asking him, "Isn't that weird?" Jonas asks if he if he said banging. <laughs> it's like he said banging, <laughs> but she grabs his hand, placing it on her mm-hmm. chest, telling yep. her to feel her heart. Thinking it, uh, thinking it is broken, he tells her that his his is too, and she tells him uh, to come with him for a little while. Um, it's it's what Craig would have wanted. He agrees, and she takes him into the woods behind the school. And the succubus vibes, fantastic, fantastic. Her just feeding off of off of grief and fear. And it 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 reminds me of I don't know if you guys have seen or read The Outsider. But it reminds me very much of that, where obviously this isn't a succubus per se in in The Outsider. But with that particular notion of this person feeding off of this fear, feeding off off of the grief of these people, and ultimately at the end of the day, he fed off of just death in general. Like he didn't have to really do anything, but he consumed all of that. And it was so fascinating and I, I guess I shouldn't call it a he because it's more of an it but still so fascinating but it very much reminds me of Jennifer's body and I'm very curious oh, to think if yeah. uh, Stephen King <laughs> kind of had some nods towards that or anything <laughs> like that but I don't know very very I mean, curious because yeah. the outsider was like 2013 I think something like that but I can also see the oh the yeah I mean he's amazing between that kind of stuff I mean, that you're talking about with uh, Dr. Yeah, Sleep everything he does is year. Amazing. That's exactly what kiss. <laughs> I know that's my, that's her bread and butter. Started. I know that. Mike Flanagan, please come on the show too. Oh, God, don't get me started. Oh yeah, uh, Molly. I'm sure you know this. I am the biggest Mike Flanagan stand. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. I cry. I cry. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Cut to them kissing in the woods, her taking off his letterman. He comments on her being so warm and asking why. Um, as she tells him to shut up or shutties. She's like, shutties! Um, and proceeds to kiss him again. A deer is walking by, then a crow perches on a stump cawing, causing Jonas to look and, and notice all the animals staring at them. <laughs> he calls out to Jennifer and she asks him what, and then he tells her that uh, he tells her to look. She looks behind her and chuckles that they're all waiting, then unzips her, unzips her jacket. Obviously freaked out, he ignores his suspicions and turns his attention back to Jen. She rips his jersey and un- unzips his pants while beginning to touch him. Just, we'll leave it at that. She stares at him, asking him uh, if he misses Craig. Slightly dumbfounded, he tells her, of course, her letting him know that uh, he is going to see his buddy really <laughs> soon. 
Hearing her, he asks her, like in heaven. She shakes her head with a devilish smile, then pushes him to the trunk of her trunk of a tree. Um, he her face rips open, exposing razor yeah. sharp teeth, and she immediately starts to feed. But we don't we don't yeah. see, get to see it. We are left with the screams of Jonas from the perspective of Mister Roblowski's <laughs> um, getting into his car. And I don't know if this is shown in the unrated version. Is it shown yeah. in the unrated version? It is, for sure. Oh, okay. It's like, there oh, dumb kids. They're so sad. And you just hear the kids screaming. And it, yeah, it, okay. it's funny seeing this come from, like, J.K. Simmons, because I forgot he's in this movie, too. Man, yeah. I gotta say, what a cast that they got in this movie. Oh, yeah. We're, like, no, they, huge they, actors they, now. Yeah, they they, they nailed it. Uh, shaking his head, speaking to himself, uh, quote unquote, let it all out, kids. I do, yes. <laughs> Until Jonas screams a silence um, and immediately afterwards, causing him to be oh. intrigued by that. Needy is cooking I some, don't know. I just kind of assumed that they were. Well, yeah, they must be because they sell them at pet, like, Petco here. Uh, so the they must be legal. Yeah. Um, now... Weird. I that you I mean, I I'm originally from California, but I haven't lived there since I was five. Um, and I think every state I've ever lived in, like Petco and PetSmart, will have state. ferrets that you can buy at. Because weird. I wonder why. Whoa! Really? No way. Yeah, they're totally. Illegal. I feel like Hawaii makes sense. Yeah. Hawaii like, makes sense yeah. to me. But California, that's so random. Why yeah. do they hate ferrets? <laughs> That's nuts. That's so weird. I literally think it's only here in California that they are like yeah. completely illegal to have. I just looked <laughs> it up. Uh, California and Hawaii are the only states that have it illegal. That's crazy. Illegal to have a ferret. Hawaii makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because cross... They yeah. I, I don't I know. know. But it's like a huge fine. If you if you have a ferret here, <laughs> it's so random. The DJ commenting <laughs> about Low Shoulder being heroes of the tra- of the tragedy in Devil's Kettle the previous night, continuing saying that what witnesses uh, say they saw them helping people out of the inferno, risking their own lives in the process. <laughs> then introducing the band who are in the studio. He asks how they are holding up. Nikolai saying that they are maintaining, adding that it isn't easy, um, and the real heroes are the people in Devil's Lake. <laughs> Hoping that they <laughs> that he can convey one tenth of their courage in uh in spirit on their upcoming album. Needy is looking at the radio in absolute disgust. Mayo and fried bologna sandwich in hand. <laughs> uh, cut to Roblowski walking in the woods on, of Jonas curdling screams. He gasps at the sight of his exposed organs from his body as a deer consumes his insides. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Meanwhile, Needy drops her sandwich on the floor and her mom comes into the kitchen sitting at the table with Needy picking up a bottle of her pills. She shares that she has had another one of her night terrors. Needy correcting her let, uh, lets her know that the time uh, let her know the time and that is technically yep. had she had day terrors and her mom agrees. Needy asks her what she's uh, which uh, what was she dreaming about and she tells her that she dreamt that some bad people were trying to nail <laughs> Needy to a tree with hammer and big stakes just like Jesus um, and it's interesting because technically the prospect that low shoulder should have gotten was needy <laughs> but they chose Jennifer so it, it's funny because it's like yeah I mean god you're, you're almost like hit the nail on the head there like your daughter almost was sacrificed for a fucking devil ritual <laughs> Like, wow. Um, but 
Yeah. She didn't let them uh, get her because she is a hard ass for tough mama bear. That's right. Mm. That's right. <laughs> Needy quickly letting her know that she can't and take care of herself. We assume her mom's what at work uh, for that. Nice to say. I could take care of myself. Yeah. Her mom. And I mean, I guess kind she, of even uh, in the end that, that now, we won't get too into, but she's on her own then. Out for her, like there's, is, there's no one that's going to help her really for anymore. Movie, <laughs> I mean, kind of when like, later on, when she comes back to her house after she realizes what happened, she's calling out for her mom. Yeah. She's calling out for her mom. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Cut to. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. Cut to Jonas's death sight and uh, his mother screaming and crying at um, crying as her son comes out of a stretcher into an ambulance. Officer Warzak comes out of her cruiser while uh, three other kids pull up... Uh, pull up with bikes it's funny because they credit this officer we never see this officer again <laughs> so interesting um but i i even put here uh, uh i've like i've never lived in a super small town the smallest um, town i've lived in was fresno but i was always curious about this kind of stuff like this uh sort of like hearing about mass murders and quaint towns and everyone kind of knows about it Oh. Uh, we had weirder ones in Fresno where we had this one guy named Lee who went on like exposing a whole bunch of like FBI shit inside the Fresno Bee. And <laughs> um, he even said in like like in a YouTube post, his, his YouTube channel is actually still up. Um, but uh, pretty much he said, like, if he dies, know that it wasn't an accident. Um, and he died. He died in a house fire. But upon further inspection... They found out that he was actually shot and then his house caught on fire. So, yeah, that was like the biggest the thing hell? we had on Fresno. Yeah, it was it was super, super odd. Um, but yeah, super, super weird. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Jennifer is, na- is naked in the lake and she climbs up and onto the dock, drying her hair off before putting her clothes on um, and walking to the woods. Uh, and the cinematography here is just fantastic so so good uh, but i actually like this because it, it does really show like um the characterization of jennifer cleansing herself in a way uh, uh and it, it's funny because it's it's kind of like her baptism so it, it's very interesting like seeing how all this kind of plays on out with uh, uh the duality between uh i guess jesus and, the, and satan in a way but very very interesting um but that's how I viewed it. Uh, cut to Needy in her room, watching the news about the fire at the bar, and her phone rings. She answers. Um, it is Jennifer on, in her room telling her that she feels scrumptious. <laughs> uh, Jennifer asks Needy if she knows the feeling of kissing a boy for the first time and your body is on vibrate. Needy non-understandingly agrees. Um, Jennifer saying <laughs> it is that good. Uh, Needy tells her that um, that it is that that's nice and reminds her that she's still depressed about the fire. Jen insensitively tells her to move on, adding life is too short to be moping around. Needy sarcastically telling her that's sweet, but Jen just tells uh, tells it like it is. She is still looking at herself in the mirror, mentioning that Needy should be happy for her because she is having the best day since Jesus invented invented the calendar. <laughs> Needy irritatedly letting her know that Jesus didn't invent the calendar while letting her know that uh someone is on the other line <clears throat> excuse me 
Jen tells her to blow it off, but Needy lets her know that uh, it will just be a minute, then switches switches a line, leaving Jennifer to jokingly once again say that she is crossing her out. Jen, um, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Chip lets her, lets her know that, wait, I think I read, yep, now I'm in the right spot. Chip lets her know uh, that he needs to see her right now while, a cop, while cop lights are flashing in the background and his little sister Camille is playing, banging on the piano extremely loud. She lets him know that she can barely hear him and he tells, he lets her, he tells her that that's Camille and then he tells her to knock it off, but she returns, she returns it back yeah. to him saying, you knock it off. She was, she was a feisty little kid. <laughs> he asks irritate, irritatingly, or he asks Needy irritatedly if she can meet him at McCullum in 10 minutes. <laughs> Needy asks him in, that she can in 15. Meanwhile, Jennifer is in her room waiting for Needy to come back to the phone, sparking a lighter, holding the flame to her tongue, burning it, while, burning it and watching it heal. So fucking cool. This is probably the coolest effect in cinema to me. <laughs> it is so, so good. <laughs> I posted this on Twitter and um, I think Johnny Birch told reached out and was just like, like, this is probably what changed cinema forever. <laughs> like, you are absolutely right. Needy clicks back over, letting her know that she has to go. Jen ignoring it, claiming that she is a god. Needy tells her that um, that she is meeting up with Chip. Jen sharing that he has been looking really cute to her lately. Then asking her, um, asking for Needy to tell her if. Uh, he has a large penis. Needy uh, ignores her, telling her telling her that she has to go, then hangs up the phone. She meets Chip in the park, asking why the cops are at the, at his house. Chip lets her know that uh, they aren't they aren't, but they're at Jonas's house. Needy asks if he tried to sell fake pe- uh, peyote to eighth graders again. He tells her that that she uh, that he was murdered. Surprise! Chip tells her that someone ripped him limb from limb behind the school and ate his ate parts of him. He tells uh, he continues telling Needy that nobody is supposed to know, uh, but his dad spoke to the cops and Jonas's mom is uh, catatonic, staring at um, st- staring at the front window like a zombie mannequin robot statue. So many different things. Needy mentions that she can't be that uh, this can't be a coincidence. <laughs> Chip si- uh, sits down, irritatedly asking him um, if asking her what she is talking about. She reminds him about the fiery death trap last night, and now a cannibal psycho takes down the biggest guy in the school. He tells her that the bat that uh, the bad luck has to be over, and that it can't get any worse. She lets him know um, that uh, that he's shaking. He blames it on, on it being cold. She asks if he oh. would like um, her hoodie. Yeah. One hundred percent. Especially because like she's the only one like. It's kind of cute. In this scene, she's the only one happy. Everyone else is sad, obviously, because like the football guy just got killed. And I feel like trotting down the hall, people are looking at her the same way they looked at Ginger in the other film, but for very different reasons. Like everyone was, everyone is noticing Jennifer because she's like, wow, she looks super hot and happy while we're all sad. And then for Ginger, it's like, whoa, we didn't realize. That she was hot. I don't know what <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> scene by scene. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's kind of funny. We see that a lot in movies too, where just like a transformation <sighs> period between like a woman looking like I don't hate you. It makes me sad for you. Their hair, or they change their outfit, and it's kind of interesting because at least in this movie, she didn't change at all. But now she has like a god complex, and she even calls herself God, which is really interesting too. It and is funny though that you mentioned like the the classic as well like, not horror trope but like film trope where it's like the girl has glasses and that makes her nerdy and then as soon as they come off she's too. hot. They still do that in this film snaps. with needy. Uh, no, <laughs> which is so actually sorry. what I love about <laughs> the film is that they still like they have all the classic tropes, <laughs> you get to but watch they it, do it like it in a very self-aware so way, <laughs> and they're making f- they're um, definitely they making totally fun fine, of those no tropes. Like, we won't spoil me was always hot, <laughs> which is why it's so weird uh-huh. that people are like, "Oh, Jennifer is uh, so beautiful," and the needy's like this little dork. <laughs> like, no, she is also really right. hot. <laughs> so it's just right. <laughs> That's true. With needy. That's yeah. true too. Yeah. yeah. Just put on a leather jacket and throw your hair back and you're hot now. <laughs> I'll have oh, to try sure. that. <laughs> right. Right. But she's the one in the real relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we got to see that a lot this year, too. Especially in uh, 2020 Freaky, same thing happens, right? I don't know if you guys saw the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same concept. It's like, oh, she yeah. comes. Exactly. Oh, that's all you need. It's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> same. Uh, Needy continues narrating that the rest of the world, um, they were famous saints. Uh, their town's only bar had burned to the ground and their start linebacker was cannibalized. While she is talking, uh, there are there are all these newspaper clippings about low shoulders signing to a major label. She continues saying that uh, the press couldn't get enough of their little world of shit. A crowd of people with memorial candles start singing low shoulder song um, that was played during the night of the burned down bar. Um love how it's like the town's anthem now we go we go to a memorial uh montage ending with jonas's picture and wilting flowers fade to students continuing their lives and needy narrating that they are healing and they had faith um saying that they were fucking idiots cut to mr robowski's class telling his class that he wants to make an announcement um he shares that today is the one month anniversary of the tragedy of melody of melody lane yeah and the murder of jonas three <laughs> percent is not a lot by yelling boring <laughs> With her hands on her head, looking worn, slightly tattered, and sickly. Rabluski continues, continues, he finally has some good news to share with them. Low Shoulder has uh, decided to extend a helping hand to their community. He says their song, Through the Trees, has become their unofficial anthem of unity and healing. They uh, have decided to release it as a benefit single. 3% of profit will go to the families affected. Needy speaks up about the other 97%, commenting <laughs> on it being crass. I mean, yeah, like, what the fuck? 100%. <laughs> no, what? The whole class is looking at, um, at, 
at her confused, including their teacher. Needy defines crass being greedy, exploitive, scummy. Chastity speaks up, claiming that they are American heroes. Needy rebuttals that she was there and they didn't help anybody escape the fire, adding that she doesn't know how that rumor even got started. Offended, Chastity claims that um, it is true because it was on their Wikipedia. And I love how she says, you're like, it's true. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> Needy, Needy continues her truthful tyrant, exclaiming that they wouldn't know uh, who they were if they hadn't been playing that night, claiming that they used them. Ch- Chastity tells her uh, to take that back, claiming that they need that they need them n- now more than ever. Meanwhile, Brabluski calls out to them to knock it off. The bell rings. Um, everyone starts packing well, up. That to is not, while that is not the the PMS Ken, part uh, is the, not true. Uh, she, the boy uh, run re- media trying to make us seem like we're crazy is very true. Produce. Uh, hello, Chip. Because um, <laughs> that's okay. basically what Chip does Jen this whole no. movie. Um, but she feels like boo boo. But yeah, it's <laughs> again, it's bringing up those old tropes about lifeless girls are just insane and we can't be rational at all. They leave out of the class, walking down the hall. Needy asking if she is PMSing. Jennifer commenting that that isn't real and was created by Boy Run Media to make women seem like they're always crazy. I mean. Right. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. She scowls at Jen in confusion, Jen raising her voice for her not to uh, look at her like that, then whispering that... Um, uh, quote, it's it's just wearing off or something, end quote. Needy asks her, ask her what's wearing off, but Jennifer doesn't answer. Colin comes out, greeting both Needy and Jennifer. Jen asking if she could borrow his English Bijou, homework. Bijou, I think. She tells him uh, that I think so. uh, she forgot to read Hamlet, asking if he is going to fuck his mom. <laughs> Colin, getting nervous with the smile, uh, stutters that he doesn't know. He tells her that he wanted to ask her something. Jen cutting him off, saying that uh, he wants to ask her out, stuttering once more, asking her how to she know without a smile she tells him uh, to go ahead with the pitch colin stops walking then shoots his shot suggesting that they have a lot of fun in class then asking um to go see a movie letting her know that she uh that uh there was a showing of rocky horror at the uh the bijou bijou that sounds right but is it bijou okay Mm -hmm. thank you uh, next weekend, Jennifer comments on her not liking <laughs> boxing movies, causing Needy to look away in embarrassment. He stutters that it isn't a fucking boxing movie, then tells her to f- to fuck it, forget mm-hmm. it, while walking off. I wouldn't have come back. Right. <laughs> Needy, it, obviously, she's not right for you, bro. Needy comes on on the being on that being random. Jen telling her that she uh, uses she use. She's used to boys asking her out all the time, then continuing down the hall. She sticks up for Colin, saying that he is really nice, while Jen smirks, saying that uh, he is into maggot rock, which very bummed me out because... Yo, Slipknot's the Luring men to their deaths. (laughs) Where's nail polish? And that she has a bigger dick than he does. Whoa. And she definitely swings at everybody. <laughs> Needy tells her that she she thinks he's cool. Jin smiling, um, asking her if she if she does. Needy confirming once again. Jen, Jennifer calls out calls for Colin, telling him to wait and he and for him to just come to her place to watch this movie instead, which I think it was like Aquamarina or something like that. Um, 
which is also interesting because like usually mermaids are classified as like sirens and all this other stuff and they're they're call mm-hmm. and I don't know I just found that <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, right. uh, Colin agrees. Then she tells him that uh, he will text her, text him the address. It's later. definitely different than the first the interaction yep. we saw with and them too. So you stuff. can definitely he's, tell that it's since ready to just she turned evil. All, take off everything. That she's all like, like, I'm ready. Mm. Let's go. Yeah, all boys. <laughs> all boys are fair game, and I'm I'm gonna Chip kill them all. Jennifer <laughs> cautiously greets him, but Needy Which pulls is fair. his attention back to her kissing him. <laughs> Jennifer tells him to get a, or tells them to get a room. Uh, while walking off and she's like super flirtatious with chip right she's like hi chip i'm just like damn bro like in front of your friend too i know he's like no self-control my god uh right right yeah chip hmm yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, can't yeah. blame her. <laughs> um, Jennifer tells them to get a room uh, while walking off. He comments uh, with a little. Smirk I think the only time that's ever happened again. to me was she when there was more no than one person that, with uh, my he, first name. He was asking Jennifer out on um, a date. Chip claiming because that he, contrary that, to uh, popular belief, Molly is a really fucking popular name. Unfortunately, name for my age group. No. Like, um, like I, I even had, had a my, class in college. Like, well, no one ever called me Prince yeah. in high school. I, I had um, a class in college I, with 15 people and there were three um, Mollies. So they would call me one of my middle names, uh, which was Mo. Yeah. Um, well, middle Sucks. Jackson, I hate it. They used to call me Mo for short. Um, uh, but I, I either got that or Jackson and I never got it together. And I, I don't know anyone who's ever done that. Like that's. Oh, Oh, that's true. Sure, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like a millennial name for sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. Molly. 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 <laughs> well, I I if it makes you feel better, I didn't know anyone I've only met one prince in my life. Yeah. And it's technically my brother. My brother shares the same name as me, <laughs> which, yeah, it's interesting until, um, you know, the IRS calls you and then right. it's no longer interesting. <laughs> it's like, oh no, that's not me, I swear. <laughs> yeah. So we literally have to, for sure, like we cannot differentiate ourselves with the government with only our um, social security number. Like we literally start off every single phone call with with the government <laughs> with our social security number because wow. that's the only way you could differentiate ourselves. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Uh, she nods her head, especially when one's good with money and one's bad with it. Uh, she nods her head and then he asks her um, if she wants to come over to his place. She smiles, telling him um, that she would like that. He tells her <laughs> that he wants a super target. Once again, I just think they couldn't afford these names. And picked up, picked up more condoms. She tells him uh, thanks. Him saying not to assume that they are. Um, 
Needy tells him, uh, Needy cuts him off, tell him that she didn't assume that. And he tells her, okay, and that he will see her later then. It was very awkward. <laughs> Cut to them in, her, in his room, a light, some, some odd egg shaped diffuser thing, saying it's for the ambience, the ambience, and, um, goes on about his mom having other sense if she doesn't like this one. She shakes her head, telling him that this one's nice, as they awkwardly start to kiss and hold mm. hands and touch shoulders and, very very weird and then she takes off her glasses and they let their hormones just take over meanwhile colin is driving and bear with me on this one everybody this one jumps around quite a bit meanwhile colin is driving <laughs> to jennifer's house getting pumped up by a rock a rock cover of i can see clearly now we jump back and forth to needy and chip then back to colin colin is driving realizing that the not not even if megan fox was waiting for you upstairs concerned he double checks if, if you were in high rested, school and she was waiting for you upstairs in front, no. <laughs> in front of an unoccupied house with a candle lit in the window. Super eerie. 100% reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street. He walks out of the house, goes yeah. up to the boarded door, like, I and feel tries, like, tries for it, but it won't budge. I feel like knocks, most high school boys, if they so knew that the house, she was the one waiting up there, they would be like, I don't care with, uh, if I get murdered, I'm going up there anyways to try to get laid. He just jumps inside. <laughs> Slightly nervous, he calls out to Jennifer before going deeper into the house, following the music that his that is playing upstairs. You would not have catched my ass there. Hell, <laughs> hell no, yeah. not have been there. <laughs> No. no, no, no! Fuck no! Okay. I, would, I would be so scared. Well, just <laughs> like like when you were in so high school, scared. like maybe in high school, I'd be stupid. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Not doing it. <laughs> Fuck that. That's, I was all, uh, that's one of the things like abandoned houses scare the shit out of me. I would never go. I wouldn't even, no. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, while walking up the steps, he is startled by a crow flying down the stairs. Meanwhile, Needy and Chip are making out <laughs> still. Chip grabbing the condom on the bedside. He is trying to bite it off. He is having a hard time to bite that off. Needy reads the name of the condom. Chip mentioning that it's supposed to feel good for the girl. Back with Colin, and she's like, cool. <laughs> Back with Colin, cautiously walking through the hallway while Akon is jamming all out on the, I'm not going to call it the boombox, I'm going to call it the ghetto sick. <laughs> the ghetto blaster? <laughs> the ghetto blaster. This is playing on the ghetto blaster. Um, in a room full of candles. He smiles at the spread at the spread, and heads inside. He's all thinking it's romantic. A uh, quick check on NNC on Yep, they're still doing great. Back with Colin. Jennifer startling, startling him, saying that he made it. He <laughs> asks her what's going on. She is silent, staring at him for a moment. Colin asks her if if this was uh, really her house. She tells him no, while, while um, beginning to move closer, telling him that this is their house, and they can play mommy and daddy while... while <laughs> dropping it to the floor he chuckles asking her if she even knows his last name she calls him silly which is interesting because everyone says his fucking last name in this movie uh she calls him silly saying that she uh has been sending him signals all year asking him if he could tell she starts kissing kissing him and he kisses her back needy and chip are having very appropriate and consensual sex very appropriate and consensual. Uh, meanwhile, Colin and Jennifer are still making out until a mischief of mice run out, startling Colin, having him call out of Jen, uh, call out to Jen. And I love like when the mischiefs of mice just like kind of run out. And he's like, Jen, like, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, she mocks asking him if he's scared, then saying that I thought I thought boys like him uh, like him were into vermin, death and shit. <laughs> then unzips his pants, throwing his pants down onto the ground. Um, Needy and Carl yeah, and she- uh, Chip. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Needy and Chip continue while Jen and she Jen could have had mausoleum eyes to show off her eyes. Changing. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. And we were so close, everybody. <laughs> We were so close glowing eyes. to getting glowing eyes. Yeah, yeah. We were so it's like, close to getting glowing eyes. Even though the movie eyes. itself isn't great, you know, I love oh, the color it scheme. Good, I'm like, I was like, <gasps> it, it looks yeah. great. It, no, it looks great, but you know me <laughs> and the glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just, that for me is just perfect. <laughs> if you have glowing eyes in your horror movie or in your horror short or in your horror show, send it my way. Because I will 100% give you a 100% just for that alone. It could be the worst shit I've ever seen. But that alone <laughs> wins. She could have. Yeah. Could have. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, I really should rewatch Mausoleum. Oh, man. What a movie. Oh. Have, you seen, have you seen that, Freddy? It's not. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. We'll watch it eventually, uh, Freddie. Maybe like a paranormal month or something. That's fun. I'm ready for Ooh, it. Or maybe a month just depending. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, he doesn't believe what we're, what he's seeing and is slowly walking away, but stabs his hand on an electrical saw. <laughs> Jennifer calls it a puncture wound, um, saying that it that it is so emo. Then grabs his hand to check it, twisting it, mm-hmm. breaking his wrist. I love how fast she's doing this. this. Right. Like she's very quick. This entire sequence, her, I love like how they go initially. back and forth between the two. She like smiles, then tells. Scene- Seemingly sexual interactions, but then obviously Meanwhile, we know with Jennifer it's not going to end up being sexual. Um, it drips down onto and her, I, it's funny because I, we talked about earlier she, like why uh, Needy has Jonas this connection, and I've never really thought about it for some reason. I've always just kind of accepted that they had this connection, but. This Talking through the film, so I just realized it's probably in that flax, like, flashback scene when when Needy like sucks the blood from her girl. finger, and it looks that's so probably what it was. God, oh, so now they're Damn. like they're so blood terrifying. sisters. God, <laughs> little did she know that that was going to ruin her life by sucking some yeah. girl's blood, which you shouldn't do anyways. Don't don't do that. That's not safe. Right. Yeah, you're just like sucking the tetanus. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sucks the blood. Oh. Yep, yep. I kept on thinking about that. Shit. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah don't, don't do that don't do that especially especially if she got stabbed by like a rusty tack like tetanus just don't like yeah. tetanus is a thing don't do that uh jennifer goes on top of colin telling him that she needs him hopeless changing her eye color again and in us seeing the silhouette of her transforming needy whispering hopeless as we cut back to Jennifer devouring Colin, Needy repeats the words hopeless. As J- as Jen continues her feast, the Needy screams. Chip asking her if he if he hurt her or if he's too big, and he's kind of stoked about it. Uh, Needy covers covers her mouth with tears <laughs> filling up rude. her eyes. She asks her what's he asks her what's wrong. Um, as she uh, sits up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jennifer is drinking the blood out of Colin's abdomen like it is soup, and this is just incredible work. Incredible. 
Needy runs into her car stereo playing through the trees, her screaming while shutting it off, and then starts uh, driving down uh, the road trying to catch her composure. She turns on, she turns another street uh, starting to cry, but sees Jennifer crawling out from the woods all bloody, swerving out of the way, looking back uh, back to see if she if if she sees Jen again, but then Jennifer jumps on the hood of Needy's car, shattering the windshield. Come on. Didn't have to do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I would have been more so like, come on, what the fuck? This <laughs> is my car. Come on, fuck. Needy starts screaming and driving in reverse, causing Jennifer to fall off the hood. And then she <laughs> speeds back to her house. Needy frantically gets her keys in the door, opening it, not locking it, calling for her mom. I think you're completely right on this, Freddie. She turns on the light, but she isn't there. Needy sits down on the couch and starts crying whilst, while going into fetal position. Needy thinks back about Jen being uh, in the road and her asking if she's, she was scared the night uh, she saw her in her, ho- in her house. <laughs> then um, her inside the van with Nikolai closing closes, uh, closing the door, startling her awake. Needy goes into her room, taking off her clothes and jumping into bed, exhaling, exhaling from the experience. Jennifer pops out of the covers with a high <laughs> and Needy bursts into screams whilst turning on a light. Jen tells her enough while, uh, with screaming um, enough with the screaming. Needy yells for her to get out. <laughs> Jen reminding her that they always share beds uh, when they are um, when they have slumber parties. Shout out to the Evil but Dead uh, poster and shirt. I like to think that you know Needy is actually yeah, a little it's... a little gore head and a little horror buff. That's how I like to view her. Uh, Jen comes up to Needy, stroking her hair, saying that she is not going to bite her. Needy, confused, asks yeah. if uh, that is her evil. And it's shirt. another example uh, of her. Needy and Needy I mean, using the back. new power. But Jen her power over Needy comes back in passionately. I mean, now her, she's using supernatural ones instead of just being like, "Do what I say." It's it's very interesting. Like she like she uses her powers on her, but she also Needy probably holds back a little bit. But she wants to make sure that everyone knows that she is HBIC head bitch in charge. How 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 uh jennifer is using needy still Mm -hmm. it's so interesting yeah that's true right yeah that's fair yeah True that. <laughs> True that. Jen, laughing, tells her that she has never heard her drop the, drop the F-bomb before. Needy starts frantically stammering that she saw her. Jennifer tells her to slow down. Needy mentions um, that she is going to call the police. Jennifer sarcastically tells her to rat her out, then reminds her that she uh, has the cops in her back pocket because she was a cadet. Uh, Needy uh, um, asks her what does she want from her. Jen tells her that she just wants her. She just wants to explain Okay, incel. Her, adding that best friends don't keep secrets. <laughs> Jennifer begins um, a Jennifer begins about the night of the fire, saying that she got really messed up, and those little shoulder guys are evil, saying that they are basically agents of of Satan with really awesome haircuts. <laughs> we flash back to the events of that of that night in the van. Jennifer asks Nikolai um, where the, where they are going. Uh, he tells her uh, that she doesn't have to talk if she doesn't want to. 
Um, she starts looking around, seeing occult and witches' books. Jin asks um, if they are rapists. Nikolai groans that he hates girls. <laughs> Dickwad. While the uh, right, right. <laughs> While one of his band bandmates asks uh, if they are sure she's a virgin, um, she quickly answers that she is a virgin, claiming that she has never had sex and uh, that she doesn't even know how. Suggesting that uh, they should find somebody who. Who actually knows how? Needy asks what they did to her. Um, uh, Needy asks what did they do to her. Jennifer tells her to let her finish. She continues telling her that they drove her to the falls, and she um, was looking for a way to escape, but it was too dark. They stop the car and um, and all get out of the van. Jennifer kicks one of the band members <laughs> out and tries to make a run for it, but Nikolai catches her sinisterly, um, asking her where she is going. Looking up at the sky, saying um, saying that. They have a waxing moon, just like the ritual asks. Jennifer screams, please, but they continue taking her into the woods. They make it to the falls, and they start uh, binding Jennifer. Nikolai lights a torch. Dirk thinking that uh, they shouldn't go through with this. Nikolai sighs, grabbing Dirk's shoulders, um, asking him if he wants to um, work at Moose Hoof Coffee forever, saying that he doesn't. Asking him if he wants to be a loser or rich and awesome like that guy from from Maroon 5. (laughs) nice all right (laughs) dirk Dirk tells him maroon five nikolai uh tells him to go fetch him the ritual mouthing what the fuck to the others they uh he takes um a piece of paper out of the backpack one of the members asking if that's it nikolai matter-of-factly telling him that it is adding that he found it online he begins to nonchalantly read, quote, we come here tonight to sacrifice the body of, end quote, but stops because he doesn't remember her name. He pulls her gag, asking her what's her name again, calling her Tiffany, but uh, she tells him Jennifer while sobbing, and he continues, quote, we come here tonight to sacrifice the body of Jennifer. What an interesting way to say the title of the movie within right. the movie, which is also awesome, uh, from Devil's Kettle, end quote. Jennifer starts to <laughs> sob, asking him to not do this and that she will do anything. Nikolai puts away the paper, then asks Jennifer if she knows how hard it is to uh, make it as an indie band, sharing that they have, they all have, they, excuse me, sharing that they all, that they, they're all the same, and if they don't get on Letterman or, or on a soundtrack, then they're screwed, ending that Satan is their only hope. They are in the league with the Beast now, and they have to make a really big impression on them. Adding to do that, um, they are going to have to butcher and bleed her. Uh, <laughs> I love this. And joking that Dirk, uh, Dirk is going to wear I almost face. feel like it he makes like, them seem even Dirk, more like, sociopathic. Like, like, right. Like they're trying <laughs> to, to pretend that they're sympathetic, like, oh, you know, sorry, it is what it is. Um, We're still going to butcher you. But all the other stuff is true. Um, and... Uh, I love how this is 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 sort of empathetic, but that's the problem. Like he's using these manipulating tactics, um, where he's like, like, oh, sorry, we had to choose you, kind of thing, and it it just it's, this is just one of those things that's just way too frequent. Like it it kind of makes me sick. Oh, for sure, <laughs> like, it really, really sucks. Yeah. For sure. Right. Right. This is right. definitely like, one of the okay. hardest scenes to watch. <laughs> hands down. And I got to give oh, it to the... Yeah. I, 
I hate this scene oh, so yeah. much. It's, it makes it's me so uncomfortable. Brittle. It's very cold. It's I mean that's why they call it cold blooded yeah. murder and stuff like that. But you gotta give it to the performance yeah. of Adam Brody and both Megan Fox being their uh, nonchalance being, makes yeah, it very of, like being unsettling. The crying and you see the emotions going through her yeah. and kind of <laughs> realizing what's about to happen. And you see that with her like mannerisms and her facial expressions and for those people who don't like Megan Fox, I mean, she's a great actress in this. She actually kills it. And Adam Brody plays a really good bad guy. Uh, he's enthusiastic. Always. <laughs> he's stealing the scene. He's waving the knife around. He's using that as a microphone. Um, it's it's a great scene, but it's very great theatrical. because it's very terrifying at the same time. So, it's yeah, it's very oh yeah weird scene. I agree. Yeah. For sure. That's true. 100%. Very, very true. Jennifer starts crying and pleading again. Nikolai gets uh, gets handed the, uh, a blade as he is saying that uh, maybe they will write a song about her, adding that uh, would be pretty cool as a fan. He clears his throat, holding the knife above his head, saying that um, that with the deepest malice, they deliver this virgin unto thee. Dirk complimenting the weapon, um, Nikolai mm. correcting him that it is a Bowie knife. Um, he braces everyone about... Um, he braces everyone and is about to strike, but then stops saying that he just thought of something. Um, bending yeah. to Jennifer, calling her Jenny. He starts uh, saying uh, he starts singing the lyrics, or no, he starts saying the lyrics of the Tommy the Two Tones, Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine. Everyone chiming in as he begins to viciously drive the blade in and out of Jen's chest. And I'll explain right now why this whole scene always makes me so uncomfortable it reminds me very much of the song polly by nirvana and how much mm. kurt cobain hated that song after pretty much there was these group of dudes who sang the song uh, pretty much to this girl that they were raping <laughs> and like it, it this always reminds me of that and Polly in general is always is is already just a fucked up song, but still, like it's just it always makes my skin crawl. Back with Needy and Jen, and Needy saying that they killed her, but Jennifer reminds her that she is still here and that it should have killed, but it, it should have killed her, but for some reason it didn't. Needy uh, sheds a tear, saying that maybe it did. Then we jump back to, into the flashback of the men chucking the knife into the spiraling hole. Jennifer continues saying that she doesn't really know what happened after that. She just woke up and found her way back to you. Or to Needy. Her. <laughs> uh, flash to Jen standing outside of uh, Needy's house, bloodied, walking inside. <laughs> Needy um, saying that she remembers. Uh, she remembers. Jennifer tells her that she couldn't bring to her, she couldn't bring herself to hurt her, but she was just so hungry. She um, goes to Jennifer walking down the road and uh, met walking down the opposite direction. She calls out to him, uh, <laughs> saying that he made it out, asking him if he's lost. He nods his head and he and. Uh, he does said she asks if his host family knows that he's alive, then asking him if anyone uh, if anyone knows he's alive. He shakes his head and tells her uh, tells him to come with her, saying that um, they are going to sort this out while leading him into the dark woods. Damn, why did he have to die? Poor Ahmed. She tells Needy that ever ever since ever since then she knew that she had to uh, she had to she had to do it to be strong when she is full, uh, like she is now she is unkillable uh, which 
Totally is not a word. Uh, she stabs <laughs> herself in the arm, calling for Needy to watch. In uh, uh, she can do shit like this. The wound seals up, not leaving a mark. Needy uh, looks at Jennifer, confused and intrigued. She asks Jen, uh, "What does what does she mean, fool?" Jennifer drops her smile while Needy continues asking uh, questions about her mom's Kia, asking why uh, was she covered in blood, adding that she didn't even look human. Jen rolls her eyes, telling her that she shouldn't talk uh, to someone about these disturbing thoughts. That, oh, excuse me, that she should talk to somebody <laughs> about these disturbing thoughts. They are all they are all worried, especially Chip, letting her know that she thinks he is uh, having second thoughts about her. Needy gets up from the bed, demanding for Jennifer to leave. Jennifer softly tells her to let her spend the night, enticing that uh, they can play boyfriend girlfriend like they used to needy looks away for, uh, from uh, from her Jennifer getting the hint putting on her pants walking towards the window um, needy turning around not noticing that Jen is walking towards the window needy asking her what is she doing Jen irritatedly uh, tells her that she wants her to leave then she opens the window and just jumps out I love I love how just nonchalant Jennifer is right even though she's still kind of like covering it up that she's this like demon thing <laughs> um needy walks up to the window to see where she is but she is um nowhere to be found cut to the funeral calling gray needy watching from um. afar while his mother is crying on and the pastor is uh giving his eulogy needy narrates uh their school Excuse me. Needy narrates that their school did a large memorial for Colin, them having to watch another presentation about curfews, the buddy system, and how to deal with grief. Yeah. Is, is putting up a poster from from the spring formal dubbed Through the Trees. Um, I actually had to do one of these once, not a formal, but like with the whole grief um, stuff for school. Um, I don't know if you guys ever had to experience that, but <laughs> there was this one kid who, who unfortunately passed away in my middle school named Sonny. Um, and he drowned and uh, we had like this grief counselor on campus for like a month. And that was, that was, that was just super interesting. Like it was very somber. I remember like on campus and it was just super, super interesting, but yeah, death sucks. Yeah. It's very hard to handle death. Death is hard. Yeah. But unfortunately it's, it's comes with being alive. So uh, life you live it until you die. <laughs> Needy walks away. That, that should be the slogan of life, I guess. Needy walks away narrating that nobody cares anymore. Sorrow uh, was last week's emotion. She's, uh, <laughs> you like that, Freddie? That is <laughs> she, the song, the slogan. The 2020, Prince. You live until you die. <laughs> yep. Life. You live it until you die. <laughs> Um, she's in, she in the library um, knowing better that uh, this isn't the last funeral and that she did she did some paranormal research looking for uh, books about cults and satanic rituals while looking in the books words like succubus flesh eating offering a virgin to Satan destroying a demon adding that uh, adding that they are weaker when they are hungry and a blade uh, to her heart is the surest way to kill a beast. Shit like that. That's all the stuff that was in those books. Needy is sitting on a bench, continuing that Jennifer and her haven't spoken uh, since their encounter in her room, adding that she uh, hadn't really spoken to anyone. 
Um, she looks up at Jin indistinct, indistinctly having a conversation with someone and as students walking past her intermitt- intermittently blocking her view of Jin. Jin looks at Needy smiling with blood in her mouth. Needy surprised, but um, th- then her view is blocked by Chip saying that he bought their uh, formal <laughs> tickets. He asks her if she... Yeah, I love that he timed it. At the Cheesecake Factory. She stands up letting him know that she can't go to the dance with him. He asks her why and she tells him that uh, she tells him to trust her and that he shouldn't go at all. Asking her um, what she is talking about, she tells she tells him uh, uh, not here and starts walking down the hall. Chip asks her if she is breaking up with him. Irritated, she tells him that uh, she just needs to show him something. He asks if she, if this is about Jennifer. She tells him yes, but this is the last last time. He cuts her off, um, telling her that he that. He cares about her as a person, not some girl that he uh, made that he made uh, love to for four minutes the other night. Nice to know how long it was. Adding that he's, yeah, adding that he's scared um, of what happened as of what happening to as. Uh, excuse me. Adding that he's scared of what is oh, happening yeah. to her, claiming that she is acting fucked up. She pleads to um, let her show. Although him. once again, it's Chip, been a while since I watched Scott Pilgrim. Wasn't his character gay in Scott Pilgrim? And tells Chip that or am I thinking of someone Chip else saying that he knows? She tells him no. Oh, that's right. I knew not high school. Yeah, okay. She shares that she um, has been through the occult section of the library five times. Confused, Chip's like, "We have an occult section in the library." She tells him that she tells him yeah, but he uh, but it is really small. While pulling a book out of her bag, telling him oh. to read this. Um, now I will I will admit <laughs> Chip's character reminds me very much of his character in Scott Pilgrim, Neil. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, that's they're very similar. Like even the same haircut. <laughs> no, uh no, that was his that roommate. Was Wallace. That was his yeah. roommate. Yeah. Yeah. And also in the end of the comics or the end of the graphic novels, he does get Wallace or Wallace falls in love with one of his bandmates and uh, he falls in love with the lead singer and the lead singer uh, is bisexual. So also pretty fun. <laughs> fun fact. Scott Pilgrim. Um, Scott Pilgrim is like one of my favorite movies of all time, but that is not horror related. So we're not talking about it. He begins <laughs> reading Needy fi- uh, f- finishing it. Uh, demonic transference saying that it is something that happens when uh, you try to sacrifice a virgin. But you don't get an actual virgin to perform the sacrifice on. Letting him know that the band tried to sacrifice Jin in the woods, <laughs> but they didn't know that uh, she hasn't been a virgin since junior high. Telling him to read this. She reads, quote, If the human sacrifice is impure, the results may, may still be attained, but the demon will forever reside in the soul of the victim. She must forever feed on flesh to sustain the demon. End quote. Chip continues to con- get concerned, needy continu- uh, continuing that Jin eats boys, making her look really pretty and glowy. Add when she's hungry, she's weak, ugly, and cranky. <laughs> asking him if if uh, he gets it, the dan- um, asking him if he gets it, the dance it uh, will be an all-you-can-eat buffet. Chip, uh, I wished it would have been like that. Her just going fucking Ham. nuts in there, yeah. just like destroying everybody. That would have been insane. Chip, not convinced, uh, thinks that uh, she needs help. She tells him that uh, he doesn't believe her, but uh, he tries to soften it, she, uh, saying he believes her, but not this. Needy exclaims that this is a nightmare. Uh, Chip's still uh, worried about the dance. Ask about it. She, uh, she tells him who cares about the uh, god dang dance. God dang dance. 
I love the millennial teenage years of when you like mix cuss words with non cuss words. That was always uh, fun. He tells her that uh, my high he, schools were really uh, small, so does, I'm probably not the best person to ask. For that. It was a twelve dollar <laughs> orchid. Needy size is sharing that she uh, will be at the dance, but she needs to keep an eye on Jennifer, asking for yeah. him to promise her that he's not going to go. He looks at her, asking her um, if he's not if he's not her guy anymore hmm. needy telling him that it isn't it isn't oh. safe for them to be together right now he that's sli- cool. he slightly smiles and walks away from needy Got <laughs> to the students uh, working on getting the dance set up for the night um and i don't know about you guys but i've never had a high school dance inside of an auditorium before mm, like i have I, I don't know if that's just me personally because like our f- <laughs> fair enough yeah, fair enough. Majority of mine were just <laughs> yeah, in the gym. I, I, Cadavers like, at the dance. Yeah, so none of mine were, in, none of mine were in the gym. Like for our winter formal, uh, it was outside. Whoa, like we we had it outside on the football field. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool because we had fireworks and shit. Oh, whoa, it was pretty what? Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I did. I went to a medical high school, so it was like since our school was pretty small too. They, like, really wanted to go all out because we had all this fucking, like, budget from pretty much doctors and shit. <laughs> so Fair enough. They're just like, all right, spin it here, spin it there. Cadavers, here you go. Uh, play with this dead body for a second. Needy narrates that all... <laughs> needs it needy narrates that all over devil's kettle kids were getting ready for the dance blissfully ignorant that they are were uh, going to be mm. satan chow needy uh needy's mom is doing her hair meanwhile chip is i like how she's doing her hair it's like all 70s and shit uh, needy's <laughs> mom is doing her hair meanwhile chip is checking himself out in the mirror with his tidy whities on and his mom knocks on the door he yells that he's in his underpants while running uh to put his robe on she comes in saying that uh, she needs to give him something she uh, tries to hand him pink panic ladies pepper spray <laughs> what how does that work <laughs> telling him that uh, there are there's a sicko out there who likes boys i love how she assumed that it was just a girl uh he tells her that uh he uh <laughs> take care of himself adding that he's been using the bowflex mom <laughs> she reminds him about how colin looked um when they found him he questions lasagna with teeth telling telling him oh that you heard proceeding to hand him the spray he takes it with a smile he asks if he's uh picking up needy at her house um he comes up with him uh he comes up uh with him meeting her at the dance she lets she lets him know that she wants to, pictures with him and his sister before he leaves uh, then uh, she leaves out of the room um, and we get a glimpse of Needy uh, and him on his screensaver then the corsage on the desk as Panic at the Disco jams the fuck out. Cut to Needy taking a, her picture with her mom. Needy giving a fake smile. Meanwhile, many pictures are being oh, taken of Chip and his little sister. I always Neil. thought that it was uh, just like the dog sensed her, her of it. or she something and it like yelped and went away. In the mirror. Cause I, she speaks volumes about cause she, she I mean, I don't, I don't know if eating a dog uh, would the dance have any effect on her. So I, I wouldn't think she would have a reason to, at least. At the different groups of, of teens. Chip <laughs> is uh, walking into the dance and, or excuse me, Chip is walking to the dance in the park, overhearing a dog bark turning into a whimper. Yeah, see, she's friends with animals. It's again. fine. The dog's fine. The dog was just scared. The dogs get hurt in these films. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave the dogs alone. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> 
I hope so. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm I'm gonna go with Molly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dog's yeah, fine. I I, just, I like that. I just picture it. Yeah, it, it it's just. Now I'm just thinking about, like, what about the other animals? Like, they were all just chilling watching her. And, man, I feel like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the dog's fine. Maybe maybe she stepped on his toe. Let's say that. Stepped on the paw. <laughs> stepped on the paw. That's it. Meanwhile, Needy is, uh, like, I picture her now seven on tall. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Needy is walking through the dance. She thinks she's, uh, she sees Jennifer across the room and starts heading th- in that direction. Mr. Robleski um, kills the music, telling everyone to quiet down, welcoming them to the spring formal. The girl turns around, Needy confirming that uh, that isn't Jen. Back with Chip, Jennifer in the cold, <laughs> in the cold darkness, walking beyond him, he hears a distant whisper of his name, looking behind him, not saying any, uh, n- not seeing anybody. <laughs> Jennifer appears in front, startling him. He ask uh, her, asking him if he heard if he heard her calling for him. He tells her that she wasn't calling his name, and she con- and she tells him that she was. Him clarifying, um, him clarifying that he didn't hear her. Excuse me. Uh, she tells him that she needs to talk to him about needy. Meanwhile, Robleski, um begins his speech about the um, hors d'oeuvres that uh, were donated by the parents club, um, saying uh, the real treat is yet to come. I learned how to spell hors d'oeuvres today. That was <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could not for the life of me. I had no idea that that was even French. I just uh, I learned something new every day in this damn podcast. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jennifer is leading Chip deeper into the woods, um, talking about needy being uh, being off lately. She stops him, saying that she thinks um, she knows what's wrong with her, asking him um, how how she knows uh, she has been really upset since the death of Colin. He tells her, yeah, and she continues telling him that um, it isn't because he was brutally murdered. She playfully tells him that um, she doesn't want to t- want to say it, but he urges her to tell her. Tell him, she says that she says that her and Colin were intimate, but they um, and by that they were having sex on a semi regular basis. Not um, not knowing what uh, what to believe, Jin continues saying that Needy and Colin were doing things that he has never even heard of, adding that she can't believe uh, that she could mess with his head like this, just like pretty much how she is, and that she cares about him so much. Uh, more than she had had the guts to admit. Robloski uh, continues with his announcement in the in of the uh, band Low Shoulder playing their dance for free. Meanwhile, Jin tells Chip that Needy didn't deserve a boy like him and kisses him. The band begins playing. Everyone excited except for Needy. Jin and Chip um, are continuing to make out while awkwardly calling him salty. <laughs> And her telling him to say say that um, she is better than needy. Confused, he asks her why, and she sits up devilish, devilishly, looking at him. Uh, looking at him. <laughs> the band continues, and so does Jennifer. But needy um, knows something is off. She whispers for Chip, um, and drops her drink uh, to go out. Oh, to go after them, Jennifer taking Chip uh, to the uh, to an abandoned pool. Needy running down to the street after after them. Uh, they turn. They turn on the on the lights. Head inside. Jennifer in her comfort zone, moaning at the decaying sight. Uh, he asks her, "What's what's what's she doing?" She tells him, "Swimming." Um, he gets off and ha ha, while Jennifer tells him to show show her his breaststroke. And it's just funny how just like how horny she is. I guess I don't know. 
<laughs> it's just so interesting. Uh, Needy is continuing her sprint to make it to the to, <laughs> to them in time to protect Chip. They are sitting on the edge of the pool. Jennifer telling him uh, that she feels so empty. Chip adding that he he uh, does too. She tells him uh, to come and kiss kiss her. She tells him to come and kiss her again. And as they are kissing, Chip stops, telling her that he can't because this feels weird. Jen violently throws him into the water, jumping in right after him. And I love how she jumps into this pool because, like, she throws him in and very smoothly just slides into the water and, like, starts dunking him into the uh, water, submerging him. And it is, it just looks so good. Damn. Looks so good. Um, Needy is trying her best to make it to him, but Jennifer continues throwing him around like a ragdoll. Needy finds the orchid corsage on the ground, thinking that she is too late. But she hears Chip screaming for help, causing her to run towards the <laughs> pool. She gets in, she gets in through a window, seeing Jen chomping into Chip's neck, letting him letting go with the screech at, at Needy as Chip weakly yeah. calls out to her. Um, shocked. Needy jumps jumps onto her, pushing her under the water. Needy being the one, uh, the only one gasping for air. Chip checks his neck, feeling the blood trickle uh, from his wound. While Needy looks for Jennifer, he throws Needy the pepper spray. While Jennifer is quickly coming towards them, um, she uh, sprays Jennifer in the face, causing her to scream and gag. She uh, vomits that black goo onto them once again, and she hovers out of the water. This is so fucking cool. The scene is so cool. You could tell a lot of their budget went to this section. Oh, right for here, sure. And it's it's definitely worth it chip asking if she can fly needy telling her that she uh is just hovering and it's not that <laughs> impressive jen angrily asks if she is if she always has to undermine undermine everything that she does calling her a player hater uh needy calling her a jerk then telling her that she was never a good friend stealing her toys pouring lemonade on her bed when they were little jennifer adding that she is now eating her boyfriend telling her that at least she is consistent needy asks why does she need him her being able to have anybody that she wants so why chip <laughs> asking her if it is to tick her off or yep. if she is insecure jen tells her uh, that she is not insecure calling it a joke and asking how how could she be her being the snowflake queen Needy reminding her that that was two years ago, but she was socially relevant then. Jen telling her that she still is, but Needy adds, um, as when she didn't have laxatives to stay skinny. Jen angrily tells her that she is going to eat her soul and shit it out. Uh, Needy, uh, cowering backwards, um, thought, uh, thought that, that she only, saying that she thought that she only ate boys. Jen saying the iconic best fucking line of all time. I go both ways. Let's go. Let's go. So good. Chip stabs her through the stomach with the pool net. Chip falls to the ground. Um and Jennifer yanks out the pool, exposing her bleeding abdomen. Hilariously asking Needy if she has a tampon. Needy shaking her head. Jin um Jin saying that she thought that she she would ask because she looks like she was plugging. Jennifer uh, escapes out of the window while leaving Needy um there with a dying chip. She drops down to him crying. He smiles at her, apologizing for not believing her. She tells him that she um is going to get get some help while grabbing his phone out of his coat pocket. She is trying. Trying to to get the phone to work while Chip is coughing from his. <laughs> you feel room. more bad he for her, um, for needy than you do Chip she in that. that. <laughs> he isn't going anywhere, but she but he tells her that he is, 
and that he think he died before. Yeah. I mean, and um, you were before she got there. Yeah, but he woke up. When Colin he was the best guy in this movie. That loves that she, for multiple reasons, him, but she's returning it, adding <laughs> that she looks hot in her dress. She tells him that he's clearly delusional, but he tells her he's not. Then dies. Needy, screaming, no. Hmm. Cut to Jennifer in her bed, circling the boys that are next on her list. And, and, you know, it, it it was hard for me to feel bad for him. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's true. Like, I feel bad oh, for, for sure. Needy. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, 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 For Tip, I was just like, eh, you're kind of like those other dudes, I guess. <laughs> I felt more bad for Colin. That's true. <laughs> Same. For sure. Yes. 100%. She turns off the TV and her light then looks out of the window for a moment and turns back towards the ceiling. He <laughs> crashes through the window. Um, it all comes to together. Hammer, but missing and immediately jumping on top of Jen trying to choke her. Needy screams that she killed her boyfriend, but she, but Jen bites her in the neck, seductively licking the blood. <laughs> Needy pulls out a box cutter telling uh, telling Jennifer that this is for cutting boxes while trying to drive it downward in her uh, on her face. But Jen stops her, asking her if she buys all her murder weapons at Home Depot. <laughs> Needy crosses Jennifer on her um Needy tells uh mm. Needy tells Jennifer that she's crossing her out while she crosses Jennifer on her stomach. Then Jennifer floats um floats her and Needy into the air. It all makes sense now everybody. Not this time. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> and I was <laughs> full circle and I just put in my head too there's like three X's. Yeah, three strikes. Well. She's out. So, yeah, three strikes. Done easy. Um Da, 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 da. They begin to wrestle in the air, Needy ripping off the BFF chain uh, from her neck, causing Jennifer to fall onto the bed. Needy coming down, driving the blade into her heart. Yeah, I, I assumed that, that it was her becoming mm-hmm. human like, again. The only thing keeping in her together was like literally thinking that this is what friends yeah. do. Friends fight and they make up kind of thing. <laughs> Jennifer. Not <laughs> Jennifer being uh, Jennifer being Jennifer exhales my tit but Needy <laughs> correcting her no your heart <laughs> so good one last long breath from Je- from Jen as her skin begins to get clearer Needy confused watching this happen I'm also confused by that How, why, like why, why did it get clearer it was because she was just going back to her regular self maybe the demon was dead Right. right, and her probably dying how she probably w- would have looked if she would have actually died there before. Makes sense. Jennifer's mom turns on, and uh, poor Jennifer's mom, because it fucking sucks to oh, turn on the lights of that, um, and Jennifer turns on the lights in Jennifer's room asking what's going on, but she is shocked to see Needy on top of her daughter with the blade through her chest. She comes closer, exerting a few oh-my-gods while Needy takes the blade out and moves out over next to Jennifer's body, lying next to her. Her mom uh, picks up her daughter's body while she cries while Needy looks at the ceiling. Cut to Needy um, back in prison in the prison cell as her narration says that she doesn't know uh, who Needy Les, uh, Les Nikki is. Um, oh, well, she doesn't know who Needy Les, Les Nikki is anymore. They drop her. They drop her off some food in her confinement. She takes a sniff as the narration continues. She is a different person now. 
A person who who uses cuss words, kicks orderlies, and sees things that aren't there. A very bad, very damaged person, but sometimes change can be good. While she is narrating, she rubs her shoulder where the scar is placed from Jennifer's bite. She she says most occult scholars don't know this, but if you're bitten by a demon and you live, you you might ju- you just might absorb some of the demon's abilities. Needy says out loud that she uh, just might get lucky for once in and your miserable life. Then smiles. We cut, to, we cut to how she is actually sitting. She is floating in the air, then slowly ascends higher to the window above. She kicks it open, walks out of the yard, chasing, uh, causing the, uh, or busting through the fence without any trouble, then continues uh, down the road. She stops when she sees a blade that, is, that <laughs> when she sees the blade that was used on Jennifer in the flowing <laughs> pond. And you kind of see the balls there, so we kind of know, like, oh, this is where mm-hmm. it ends up. <laughs> Guess it's by the by the jail somewhere, somewhere over there. The next day, she is walking down the road, hitchhiking for a car that is driving down the road. The car stops. A man asking her where she is looking to go. Um, she tells him east towards Madison. Uh, he smiles, telling her to hop in his chariot. She opens the door, him slightly dropping his smile, then asking her why she headed there. She tells him that she is following this rock band, telling him that this is going to be their last show, and like very like dead face like this is gonna be their last show not even looking at the dude just like fuck yeah let's get this he starts driving down the road leaving us with the low shoulder sign on the side of the road (laughs) then credits not quite yet while the credits are playing we are getting images and videos of low shoulder with their fans loving them loving their fan loving their fame um inside hotels partying doing drugs the doorbell then the doorbell rings they tell the camera person to go get the door. When they open it, blood splatter all over the walls. Then we get images of their room, 922, and their bodies in bags as investigators are taking evidence. Yeah. CCTV footage of Needy walking away from their room while the group of girls run towards the room, screaming from the site. Then, credits. Man. What a fucking ride. Now, I know I said we were going to try to get this to be an hour and a half. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> we we are two hours in. Past two hours. We, we really yeah. did. I really did. I was trying to go fast. Um, I, I have to work on it. I have to work on it. Trying to be more consistent, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, even though some of you guys don't mind. Um, but yes, I fucking love this movie. And I, as as we all probably do. Whoa. I'm sure we all just really, really enjoy this movie. But uh, I mean, I get the staying out of the sun part, but my God, that's I didn't realize of this movie. She's always, always very skinny. So that's about Jennifer's terrifying. Body, definitely <laughs> have to keep the conversation going uh, about Jennifer's body for sure, because we need this movie to just continue being a cult fucking classic. We do. Woo-hoo. It's so fucking good. But yeah. I have some movie facts for us here today. Movie facts. To prepare for her role as a possessed living dead teenager, Megan Fox lost around 15 pounds, bringing her weight down to a near frail 97 pounds and stayed out <laughs> of the at least made sun. out. Wow. Jesus H. Christ. Talk about dedication. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Right. That's scary. Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried have both said that uh, this is their favorite movie um, of their respective (laughs) filmographies. Hell yeah. That's actually pretty awesome. Jennifer and Needy had more blatant sexual attention in their original script as a reflection of teenage curiosity and experimentation with the same sex. They were even originally going to have a sex scene in the film. 
I guess we were close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they made out. Uh, Emma Stone was considered for the role for Needy. I could see that. I could totally see that. I, I could totally see that. Um, Diablo Cody wrote the screenplay for the film in 2006, uh, the same year as she Good. wrote Juno. Well, <laughs> Especially, gotta, gotta like, not Diablo only Cody. the context of the film, why um, would you do Blake that, but also she's playing play a high school student. I know she's you know not, uh, I know she's like an <laughs> adult, but she's playing it. a fucking high school um, student. Do not have her go to promote the film on a porn website. Come on now. The studio wanted to promote the film by having Megan Fox do a live video Clearly they did not get what the film was trying to say. Outraged and horrified by the suggestion, rightfully so, she refused to allow them to do this and didn't even tell Megan Fox about it because she didn't want to dishearten her. It's like, really? That is fucked up. For real. Holy shit. Right. 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 Yeah, that is just not right at all. Jesus mm-hmm. H. Christ. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely not. This one's a little interesting right here. Uh, I'll do two more. Uh, the demon who possesses Jennifer Check closely resembles a succubus from Jewish, Christian, and Sumerian mythology and theology. It is said that a succubi seduce men and fornicate with them until they are drained. Um, in the movie, getting drained could mean getting drained of blood oh. instead of semen. Some I, I have a hard time seeing, of, imagining uh, her in that uh, role, Lilith so I feel like that was a, a wise choice. Um, mythology, Lillian and Lilith, both from Jewish theology. Hmm. Very fascinating hearing all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll do, uh, you know what, I'll do two more. Uh, just because I find this interesting, actually. No. Oh, damn, did I lose it? Oh, no, here it is. Nope, I actually lost it. Never mind. That's not it. That's not what I wanted to say. Amanda Seyfried auditioned for the role of Michaela in Transformers. The role went to Seyfried's co-star, Megan Fox, instead. Huh. I'm glad, I'm glad... Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a definite definite wise choice for sure. Um let's do this last one. Let's get a juicy one. Let's get a nice juicy one. The film is often compared to the Oh, here we go actually. The film is often compared to the Canadian werewolf film Ginger Snaps. Both films involve two female characters that are close as at first but become enemies. Um one of the characters is being attacked at night in the woods but survives and becomes evil. Uh yep. Ginger and Jennifer Only thing I don't agree with films. on there is the love the interest part. I don't think that works as well for the in both films, Ginger Snaps one. Yeah, from, I don't see that as a love interest, but that's just me uh, personally. Uh, to kill the evil one searching in the school's library. The love interest of the good character is bitten and killed by the evil character. And, well, no, I mean, both films like because they, they were saying that there's like a comparable well character to Chip, uh, with the which there is not. The evil one and the heart like in their own the, the character that they're referring the the to, like character is there's not really a relationship between them. Both He's just have also been helpful. Uh, quickly evaluated as um, being yeah. a metaphorical representation of female puberty and adolescence. <laughs> wow, pretty fantastic. For Ginger Snaps, yeah, because they're sisters. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just like a deeper connection level, uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know. 
<laughs> I mean, well, not so much anymore. I've slowed assistance. down. I um, you can find I, me on Twitter at blogging banshee and on Instagram oh. at blogging dot banshee. Um, I, yeah. my website oh, yeah. is theblogginbanshee.com. No, it's currently paused, but there there are a shit ton of reviews already on there. So if and if you want to check yeah, that just, out, you just kind of there. Yeah, yes, that's helping. true. Yeah, um, but yes, um, and uh, then I also have you know a monthly I conclude, column that I do uh, for Molly, Certified Forgotten uh, um, about uterus horror, which is the subgenre that I I didn't make up the subgenre, but I made up the, the name. whole shenanigans. All your bylines, <laughs> right? Like a byline queen. <laughs> coincidentally, this this film does fall into that. I haven't written about this specific film yet, but I will eventually. So. Of a lot of films that haven't even come out yet, too. So, yeah. So, definitely check those out. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. That is incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a yes. lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and we are more than happy to have you on the next episode. And by the way, everybody, if you didn't hear us say it earlier, the next episode that we are going to be talking about is actually Ginger Snaps. And Molly did uh, go ahead and agree that she will be coming back for the episode. So we're hey. really stoked to have her come back and kind of close out this listener's choice month for us. So very, very excited for that. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside <laughs> me, I had Freddy. Make sure to always keep it spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Knight. Our efforts to get this shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife on site with a what? Okay. My pleasure on Patreon. You have access to the show as early as Monday and ad-free. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.